Hey there, ladies, gerbs, birds, and worms. Welcome back to One with the Films. How are you doing, you lovely people? How do you do their internet? So thank you so much for joining us. This is, of course, the weekly watch list. I am your slutty undertaker with a hint of pirate. And uh, we are here to discuss David Bowie's magical crotch and all the wonderful things about the movie Labyrinth. And I'm, I'm I am Bowie. here with my, what was, and uh, Naf, for all of our audio listeners, we are the only podcast that dresses up for an audio-based platform. And so the thing is... Uh, I hope we you guys in Spotify on... actually appreciate the, the effort we go into to make it, you know, really interesting. You like, can't Nap, see this. Nap Nap actually, this crazy makeup look by hand. Absolutely, like... by hand. He has the whole, like, lightning bolt across his face. You really cannot... <laughs> like, you guys can't appreciate... Like, Naf actually has all of David Bowie's costumes. Just, he actually went and stole them from the estate. You're right. Um, and you know but, what? This should remind you that even though we really appreciate you guys listening on Spotify, it's fantastic. You should also come and check us out live. Like, it, you should do it. It's something that you can do. Yeah. Um, and if exactly. you're listening to this on Spotify right now, you are missing out on just a beautiful image. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just, you know, next time, be better. And so... Uh, at on that note, uh, speaking of the Australian with the plan, the uh, man who's got a knife, uh, but he, the oh. man that is the man, the myth, the legends, the man behind the widgets and the digits and all things tech, all things beautiful, everything that keeps us up and running. And the man that's after my own heart in a platonic, but kind of not way. Uh, Naf, do you want to introduce yourself to the lovely people? Uh, no, but thank you. Okay, <laughs> continuing on. So, uh, no, now, I will, I will introduce myself. Okay. Um, <laughs> I knew we were going to be unhinged today, but I didn't expect it to be this kind of unhinged. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to find out. We're kind of going with the flow today. Uh, beautiful. Well, yeah, we are getting back into the swing of things as well. Um, uh, obviously, we haven't done an episode for a few weeks now. Um, we were talking before about how Keegan was really rude and kind of like left the family. Um, he, he, took, Absolutely. he took the kids, he disappeared, but then he realized that I was the one who kept us financially stable. And thus, he has brought us back. And he's brought the kits with him. See what I did there, guys? Uh, he brought the kits with him. We've got a wonderful like, guest yeah, that was good. with that us was good today. Nice. Kit, All right. do you want to introduce we yourself? Have, we have the... Well, hey, I got an intro prepared for this okay. wonderful guest that we have here. If uh, Excuse you. You guys want to fight it. about it? Uh, we could do both and I'll decide which one's better. I'm just kidding. Go absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Lou in the chat, if you will please, please be like the judge in a custody battle, this would be really helpful. Uh, she says, uh, she says so, poor kid. Um, They're like, what the hell did I get roped into? <laughs> The, the, the funny thing is, I'm like, Kit, I feel like you're the person that has watched the most out of the show yeah. besides the two of us. So it's oh, like... And, Lou, and Lou, she's been there for every episode. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, Lou, yeah. Lou, Lou is practically a host at this point. Like, <laughs> Lou... Lou is like the most sensible. Like we gotta have Lou do one of these at yeah, some point. Yeah, I wanna point. do. I wanna do an episode. Mascot. She's absolutely like Lou and Lou and Lou and Allie need to do their own episode, and that's <laughs> like that, uh, that's uh, that's a fact. But uh, to, to go with my fabulous intro, ladies and gentlemen, and those who wish to identify as other, uh, we have a beautiful guest for you today. Someone who is just incredible. You know them from TikTok as a, a cosplayer, a avid hobbit stan, and knows everything about Tolkien. Everything from elves to dwarfs to uh, the men of the north. Everything. Whatever you need, she's got it. She's got opinions on House of the Dragon. She's got opinions on Rings of Power. She is incredible. Oh, and yeah. someone who has supported us since, like, early days of this podcast. Someone who has been just lovely to get to know over this past couple of months and these years. 
and somebody we intend to uh, have on the show a lot more often. Yay. Kit, would you care to introduce yourself? Yeah, hello, I'm Kit. Uh, I'm super stoked to be here. I feel like we've been talking about it for a while, and uh, yeah, I mostly am on TikTok just talking about things I like, sometimes things I don't like, but in the most respectful way that I possibly can. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I cosplay, and I uh, refer to myself as an optimistic nihilist. <laughs> I realized we were I talking am... about a lot of your like loves off stream just before we started, and I forgot to show you like all the cool stuff I had because yeah. when you're like I'm a Tolkien nerd, I was like, look what I, I have Tolkien. here! Like I've got oh, the collection of the Tolkien yes. dictionary, the heroes. I have the uh, yeah. I've got I this whole set. I do have the dictionary, and um, oh, my friend, uh, uh, my friend, because my birthday was October 26th, and my friend Sean he got me uh, this book. Uh, and it's all of the um, letters that Tolkien wrote to his children as Father Christmas. And it's got his illustrations, and it's oh. amazing, and I love it so much. It's on my shelf, too. So, yeah, always always show me your Tolkien... To wow. Always <laughs> show me your Tolkien stuff. Yes! I love I've Tolkien. got actually a really yeah, decent uh, collection here, too. Like, I bought, a, um, I think it was the 75th... Oh, I don't know why I started there. <laughs> it's like the 75th nice. anniversary or something um, of the books. Um, and then I bought another one on Amazon. Like, I've got a, a decent collection here, which I'll show you after. I love um, that. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I also need to take a Absolutely. photo of um, my beautiful makeup here so I can put it on my Instagram story. Um, yes. Absolutely. Well, while we do that, um, uh, let's explain a little bit to the uh, fabulous uh, six, six to seven people in the chat that keep popping in and out. Uh, let's just introduce, uh, Neff. What, yes! What the hell do we, what the hell do we do here? Oh, Why my, are we here? My friend, Zane has joined us, my two credits, welcome. Um, oh, he, he was actually asking for us to come back, uh, for a while. He was messaging us, probably the most, going, when are you coming back? And we're back. He's probably gonna, he, we, we gotta bring, you, uh, Zane, when we, when yeah. Andor's done, you are going to be our, uh, like, our guest when we do a, a whole, like, uh, reverse look at and andor so Did you see um, anyway i i reposted one of his hey, TikTok hey, videos. hey, hey stay on stay on topic real quick stay on let topic me plug real my quick. friend okay for, friend. oh sorry sorry it's a plug yeah, sorry a plug. my bad go I was ahead say um did you see, you would have seen <laughs> you would have seen on tiktok the other day i reposted he did an edit of andor oh um that was, was so really good cool. i saw it it yeah. was awesome like you, he did the Andy. Like you, uh, to, just to keep it as spoiler free as possible. There's a speech that Stellan Skarsgård gives uh, in the most recent episode, and he did a repost with it, uh, cutting to a lot of the stuff that we've seen of of Cassian throughout the series, and it was Chef's kiss. Okay. It was. I have, so, to, I have it, to finish the show. I gotta watch that. I love. It only gets better. Like it oh, only God, gets so better. Excited. And yeah. I love uh, Stellan Skarsgård so. Oh, and you're gonna love this. He's this is one icon. of his best performances he's ever given. He like, are none. So uh, let's anyway, get back on topic. Uh, God damn it, kid! What are you? Naf, what? Naf, why the I'm hell? Sorry, are it's you? my fault. I don't know. No, 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 no. It's this. It's it's Naf's fault. Like Naf does this shit. Like, yeah, first I feel of like all, I have ADHD, so don't tempt me with a good time, okay? Oh, this is gonna be bad. All three of us. This is. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be yeah, terrible. This like, is maybe not great, but... <laughs> for so, all those of you who uh, this is your first time, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, I'm not really, because I don't intend to do anything about it. So, Nap, why the hell are we here? You're giving one of those uh, YouTuber apologies. <sighs> Guys. 
We got to talk I'm about. I'm sorry what just that happened. I made you. F- I'm you sorry that my words made you feel this way. <laughs> um, well, as um, uh, movie came in, the third decided to tell us this morning. Uh, we are obviously here for the weekly watch list, and for those who are uninitiated or it's your first time hanging out, welcome. Um, we do love a great chat. So as you can see, um, we're quite unhinged with what's going on live at the moment. So if you have thoughts, comments, all that kind of stuff, please join us in the chat. We want to hear from you. We love talking as you can tell and we love a good little uh what do you call it tangent um but yeah essentially in this series um either movie man myself or uh, in this case our special guests uh pick a film all of us watch it at home then we come back here and discuss it on the one with the films podcast and uh, the whole concept here is about sharing uh films sharing the love of films so we're always bringing on people to share their favorite things with us and in the most ideal scenarios they've seen it and we have not. Or, I think, yeah, we haven't really done an episode where everyone has seen something. We've always had somebody yeah, be introduced to something our, fresh. What we, like, what we like to do with this is to have the, the fresh-eyed opinion on films that some of us hold very near and dear to our hearts, which yeah. is kind of a, whether that equals a sharing where it's like, oh, I never would have watched this film if Naf hadn't brought it to me. Like, we did that a while ago with um, with uh, Eternal Sunshine. Always something I had had on my list. Didn't do it for a while. And then finally he decided, you need to see this. And, and I'm upset that you haven't. So uh, I watched it and blew, blew, blew me away. Exactly. Lived up to the hype. So that's what we try to do here. And obviously, all of you lovely people in the chat suggesting ideas and people to bring in. That's what we love to do here is ultimately mm-hmm. share experiences and to and that point as that, well um just before we, ahead. we jump onto the introduction of today's film um there's no real um criteria for the films we choose we're not going out here going hey we're only watching westerns or we're only watching mcu or star wars films even though we all love that stuff the only criteria here is that you love it and you want to share it um that's what we're all about here uh which brings us to today's film which will get the lovely kit to introduce us to the film um and why they've chosen this one to come over so we watched Labyrinth, the 1986 David Bowie film by Jim Henson. And I, I feel like the earliest memory I have watching this, I was maybe like five or six. Uh, my older sister loved it, had a huge crush on David Bowie because uh, she's not a fool. Uh, and so I just remember watching it with her a lot, which is uh, kind of reminds me of like to the point. I always say that like a lot of, loving something is so much of like timing and so it is so interesting when you're like oh i grew up with this thing and going back and re-watching it or like sharing it with someone who is i I mean even when i was re-watching it with my fiance last night i was like i just wonder what i would think of this movie like if i was watching it for the first time like as a 30 year old instead of like someone who has grown up with it but i did grow up with it and i love it uh i love the music and i've always just been into like fantasy and make-believe so i feel like just um the character of sarah played by jennifer Connolly, just wanting to escape into a fantasy world is always something that i identified with growing up and so that aspect of it i loved and the music is great and on the surface it's just really i, I just the, the puppets i love the puppets oh, so yeah. much they're so cool and uh so i and i've watched it my whole life actually uh, i'm from tucson arizona there's a local theater here called the loft and before the pandemic hit every new year they did a, a labyrinth masquerade so they would play oh. the movie and uh had like a specific uh i can't remember the exact scene i think it's like when he moves the clock 
when he's talking mm. to Sarah, that's when midnight would hit. Yep. So they timed it like oh. perfectly, and we were all dressed up like we would. All, so cool. We all had like so it was yeah, it was so much fun, and I uh, I went to that like every year with my cousin who also grew up watching that movie. So it's just something that like I just like just is so like heartwarming every time I watch it. It's like I don't know, it's just one of those delightful things that I have connections with so many different people in my life just because of this movie. So. That's why I was like, I feel like it's a fun one. It's it's a fun one to kind of dive in into, and I just I just like it. I just dance magic dance always and forever. So gotta love Understandable. it. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> and so with that, obviously, uh, Naf, you have some facts about the uh, making of this film, I right? Some facts about the making of the film. Um, no, well, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, it for, again, those of you who haven't seen it. And as always, guys, we're going to be completely spoiler territory here. So if you haven't seen it and you're okay with spoilers, then yeah, please continue to hang out. But if not, maybe come check us out on Spotify or on the VOD after the stream. Um, I don't this ad right now. What are you... um, so let me tell you a little bit about the film. Understandable. Uh, so Labyrinth was released in 1986 on a budget of $25 million USD. It made back only about $13 million uh, during its original US run. Um, it ended up making back $34 million in total, so it was mostly known as a box office disappointment. Bit of a flop. Um, but as is the way with a lot of uh, things that flop but are, you know, works of passion, um, it went on to become an absolute cult classic. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. It kind of almost defines the term there, because uh, it's so weird. <laughs> So, oh, you start yeah. it, you're like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those, what, what, what did I get myself into kind of kind of yeah. movies, in, which is in, the best part of it. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. And in the realm of things and you know, um, pushing that sort of creative uh, mentality, it was directed by Jim Henson, produced by George Lucas. Um, obviously, two very, very well-known creatives. Um, it, it won Hugo and BAFTA Awards for its special effects. Um, as Kit mentioned, it stars David uh, Bowie as Jareth the Goblin King, Jennifer Con- Connolly. I keep saying colony um because i watched black panther the other day and they kept uh talking about colonizers so. <laughs> um, <laughs> my people uh but sarah's a young girl uh, who has to navigate a labyrinth to save her baby brother um as uh, kit was saying too like it does it features some of the greatest practical creature work ever put to screen like hands down um yeah. and it pioneered a lot of unique visual effects methods allowing it to feel mostly timeless after all these years there definitely are <laughs> some questionable cg uh, moments in there, but the beginning. <laughs> we're going to go into de- in depth the, the to all that stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, because yeah, on top of that, oh, they they, they succeeded at the time. Hmm, for sure. Uh, yeah. so... What this that that's a you know that blows my mind about old visual effects sometimes. Where I look at things and I go, when you see something like Jurassic Park, I can understand why people were like, wow. It is so real. But then you see things like this, and I imagine that people were still back then like, holy, that's a real owl. They made it. Like, back when things were, um, you know, peak, um, what do you call it, like, computer graphics and PS1 games and PS2 games, people were like, the graphics are insane. Yeah. And I look at, you know, I just got God of War, and I'm playing God of War now, and I'm like, okay, guys, I mean, we've, we've hit the peak. It doesn't get better than this. But somehow, yeah. 20 years ago, I was playing Banjo-Kazooie on my Nintendo 64, and I was like, this game. It'll never it's get It's so good. Holy this is shit. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Super Mario 64. He, he... Like, I feel like we're going to be talking a lot about that due to the nature of visual effects here in yeah. ILM and, uh, and Jim Dude. Henson as, yes. as a creator um, uh, with this because I feel that's essential to the legacy of this film. 
Um, but but with that, so uh, obviously, so Kit, you've loved this film since uh, you were the since yeah. just forever. It's always been a core memory film. Yeah, I can't like it's. Just, yeah, when I was like five, I'm like I barely remember anything from before that. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, which, which obviously, like that. you're not alone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you're not alone with that with that mentality because mm-hmm. I know my wife feels the same way. Yeah. Uh, I know that she would talk about how her and her brother would jam to the magic ma- like yeah. dance magic like uh, yeah, song. Yeah, my sisters all the time. And uh, it would be doing that and rocking out to it. And um, I know that like essentially you're not alone in that theory. However. Naf and I somehow have until this until uh, Naf. What was it for you yesterday, or was it? um, Yeah, last night. Last night. Okay, yeah, because it was it was uh it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday for me. Uh, when Tuesday I watched this for the first time ever, all the way through. And um, did you feel like you were having a fever dream? (laughs) Like I kind of knew to expect that. Like that. Like what I knew of this film was basically like Jim Henson puppets. Just go with it, because I had seen. Because I had seen Pan's Labyrinth, and I had heard a lot of people talking about, oh, it's essentially the similar story, and I love Pan's Labyrinth. I do too. Yeah. yeah. However, I do go. How Guillermo del Toro? How did you see this movie? Like, I get it, I get it, but I'm like, how did you then go? Oh yeah, let me talk about the brown shirts and like World War II and really fucked up shit, and yeah. still like, let me take this and make it depressing. Film. Yeah. How can I take this and make it a brilliant like uh thing about kids trying to give themselves a distraction during wartime? Yeah, where instead right? of being like instead of being like a coming of age, it's like a fucked up trying to coexist during this time. I'm like Yeah. This this just tells me a lot about you as a person, Guillermo. Like the like I It also has me very me. excited for Pinocchio. Oh, oh yeah. Can you yeah. imagine what the but, fuck we're gonna get with that? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> like, but I, I think that's a really great point. Like the idea of Labyrinth is a film that it's wholesome. That's the, it, its story is all heart. Pan's Labyrinth, like it still has its, its creepy. Story like it still depression. has its creepiness. Yeah, in, yeah, like, yeah. But like the core, but, but it feels story more like itself. Alice in Wonderland kind yeah. of creepy. Like it feels yeah. like like it's conceptually unnerving. But it's more like, like as I kept getting almost Alice in Wonderland vibes, even at the lion delivery of being like, "Oh, how can I get out of here?" Well, if you come over here, we'll go over and take you to, you know, kind of like it felt like, "Where's the white rabbit gonna come out?" Which I'm like, I, I, "Yeah, things aren't always what they seem. You've yeah, got to go careful through this what you ask for." Like just, yeah, like all of those things. Like even at the beginning when she's talking to that cute little worm with his little scarf, and I love him so much. <laughs> that was oh, one of my favorite parts. Did you just say hello? No, I said hello. <laughs> But close enough. Hello. Come over here. Come over for some tea. Yeah, and then he's like, just walk there. And she's like, it's a wall. But then she goes. And then when he's like, oh, I'm so glad she went that way because she would have gone straight to the castle if she had gone. (laughs) That was such a good line. But it's like, he thought he was helping. It's like, aw. That's such a fun. I even love the optical illusion, like the almost Last Crusade optical illusion of that wall. I want to see like, Oh, it looks like a a, a freaking brick wall. But then you see, it's like, Damn, and it is. Like, it is like so cool, it has. Yeah. It's such a brilliant like uh, thing. I was and so going that with moment. that. Naf, what were your anticipations when watching this movie? Like, obviously, like uh, you were like me. Had you, but you had seen like a clip. Had never really so, touched on it before. My experience with this film is a little uh, weird. So I, I grew up in a um, like very reserved uh, like childhood so we didn't watch a lot of stuff like this anything was kind of like magic-y was like you're allowed to watch that um so when they put it on in school 
my first mentality was I need to not watch this. I need to like distract myself with other things. Like I'm not, I'm not allowed or whatever. So though it has played in the background of my life, I've, I've never actually seen it. Um, but I think with that as well, it was something that I'd like not avoided since, but like, I just, I never really had the inclination to go back and watch again, you know, cause what I did see, I was like, I'm not that interested in it. Um, so that's one of the great things about this. It kind of forces you back into uh, something that you probably, like, without this, wouldn't have ever been on my watch list. Um, mm-hmm. Because it just, yeah, like, it wasn't something that I thought of, uh, that I really gave exactly. much thought outside of that. I knew it existed, I knew it was a cult classic, I knew people loved it, but it wasn't anything really drawing me to the film. Um, so, yeah, uh, I went in outside of, you know, the things that you learn throughout life um, and just knowing that films exist. Uh, I didn't really know anything about the film. Uh, so I got to go in completely blind. I got to experience a lot of it, uh, basically all of it, uh, completely from a, a first-hand mentality uh, without having anything spoiled beforehand. Um, and it, yeah, definitely, it was an interesting watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> And so with that, Naf, like going into kind of like our reviews, I guess we tend to do with this, uh, we tend to start off kind of with just in general thoughts about the film. Uh, and then we kind of go into more detail as to our reactions, because obviously you and I both went in with pretty blind watches. Uh, what did you come out with it? This, I think I took a lot of notes as well that I can like talk to, because uh, there was just so many moments where my, like, wanting to be a filmmaker brain was just so immersed in everything happening on screen. Oh, Particularly yeah. that, well, the first shots of um, of her showing up at the labyrinth and you're seeing the matte paintings in the background and I'm seeing, like, oh, I'm trying to figure yeah. out, okay, is this, are they using green screen? Is it rear projection? Like, what are they actually using to try and make this uh, world come to life? And particularly that forced perspective shot with the wall where I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, is this going to be like one of those cool kind of like uh, stepping through the glass mirror kind of visual effects where you kind of like, you know, they tap it and then it wobbles and then she walks through. That's what I was expecting. And she just takes a step and she's like, oh, thank you. And I was like, wait, what? And then, you know, that little camera ribbon. I was like, what? Yeah. That's what you did? Um, it, yeah. So just I... <laughs> the, yeah, the optical illusions there and the uh, visual effects incredible. Yeah, I think that behind that is so. It, uh, yeah, I. That's one of the reasons I love the movie so much too. I'm just like, oh, that must have taken so long to figure out, and that's the other thing. Just clearly like, planned. Yeah, like you have to plan that shit. Yeah, it's also like considering that it. Like I know they probably adjusted for inflation and stuff too, but like 25 million is not a lot of money, and it's practical not, effects yeah. are not cheap. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why most productions these days are heavily into like CG because you know like. Because it's cheaper, anything, but like mm-hmm. it's well, it's to a degree it's easier in a way. Yeah, it's probably that. Like if you're gonna make if you're gonna make both. It, it's like the you can argue with it that there's a certain level of um, flexibility with it, where it's like practical can't do much with that, but if we add it to the green screen budget, we probably can do it that yeah. way or do yeah. these things where it's like well, again, the versatility of VFX and the um, ease of which that you can kind of complete them, not saying that it's a very difficult art form to do right, but you can, it's becoming a little bit more uh, accessible yeah. nowadays. Um, and to which... touch on that, I think that, um, like we were talking about the Hobbit films just off stream before, and this is like a prime example where um, 
things like, for example, uh, Smaug in The Hobbit wasn't the final design. It was just his legs. So, like, when he showed up in the first film in that little uh, opening section, he has four legs. He's like a dragon. He's yeah. not a, the, like, wyvern that he is in uh, Desolation of Smaug. So he's got his four legs and he's stomping yeah. everywhere. And then when they finalised the design for Desolation of Smaug, that was just before the home release. So you watch The Hobbit on DVD now, he's got the wings. Mm-hmm. They went back and literally yeah. changed it. Re- they changed it, yeah. They re-rendered it and uh, released it sort of fixed. So to, to Keaton's point, to Keaton's point before, the, the way that they're able to kind of move forward in production with less planning... Um, probably makes that a much more enticing thing to go, hey, literally up until the day of release, we can work on this film, fine-tune it, make it perfect, which once you start doing stuff with practical effects, you're kind of mostly locked in. Yeah, I think that's like why, because I know, and I mean, it's a little bit on on subject, because it's also a Jim <laughs> Henson thing, but The Dark Crystal Show on Netflix is one of my favorite shows. They ended up canceling it because they were like, it's too expensive, which I mean, it is probably crazy expensive, but they mixed a little bit of like CGI, but they 90% used practical effects and like yeah. u- utilizing those puppets, all of that stuff, building those sets. I mean, it does, oh, yeah. it, it's really complex and very complicated. And even in this, it's funny, there's things in this movie too, in Labyrinth, like the like juggling of like the crystal balls like David yeah. Bowie couldn't do so there was another guy behind him doing it blind but it looked yes! really cool oh in my the god movie. I, I just stuff like that so um but again it, two things yeah, going to your oh yeah go ahead now um I was gonna say um a little insane also said uh it's probably faster right now as they're pumping out so many movies um yeah and time is the most important kind of thing but I was gonna say that when that happened with David Bowie in the film I was watching that and I was like that's not him like there is somebody's got the hand There's behind no him, way. and then when they do the, the the shot from the back, and he's doing a lot more complex stuff, I was like, mm-hmm. that, "That's not him." Like that's so you just like I was thinking that same thing. I was like, "What would I do?" Yeah. Like if the actor couldn't do that, I'd probably have a dude slip his hand underneath and just kind of like. And that's what they did, and I just that's... think that's so because it seems so silly, like yeah. so like high school stage production but it worked actually and yeah just also the way that he was just completely doing it blind and was like i'm just winging it and doing all this crazy stuff is like and, and, crazy and to the me. fact that david bowie sells it like it, it's yeah. the fact that it's the fact that like when you know and you have a mind to be able to discern that you're like oh i can tell but if you didn't know i feel like it's one of those things that it might it might be a little bit like oh that there's something about this that feels weird but also i can't tell yeah. what that but also i feel like that adds to it a little bit like yeah. it kind of gets into that uncanny nature. valley a little mm-hmm. bit to it like where it's but in a way of instead of being with vfx it's more of a purposeful uh we're not used to seeing this and this shouldn't be possible there's something about this that's weird to my brain why it adds to yeah. his and, uh but the For whole sure. but in a film like this that works uh uh, that you know works really well, and we also have a first time chat in the Twitch stream. And just a reminder to all our Spotify listeners if you do listen live, you can submit questions to us as we're talking about this. Uh, we get the question of uh, for actually for Kit, who is your favorite character? And uh, thank you, Keylan Kush, for the uh, first time chat. Welcome, <laughs> that's a, a great name. name. Um, I, I just okay, so. I understand she's a little bratty, but I kind of just have like a soft spot for Sarah because I feel I, this is like my thing. I'm like Sansa Stark, I'll defend her until I die. Nancy <laughs> Wheeler, I'll if it's a teenage girl, 
who's just because being like I like identify as non-binary but I lived my life as like a girl and I existed as a teenage girl and it's not that I mean every teenager has their struggles but it's just that thing where it's like you really just don't know what the fuck you're doing and you have all these and that's like a whole other I'm trying not to like spiral off but it's I understand there's something we can get into later but I think you can spiral off all you like I think um something that some people will bring up about this movie is how it's like oh it's like really gross because he's like this older guy and he's she's like 15 and he's kind of like in love with her it's like no it is gross it is weird that he's like trying to basically almost like seduce this 15 year old girl but i think the movie itself also if i could just psychoanalyze this yeah go pu- puppet movie really quick is also <laughs> like that brings up that thing of like being a teenage girl and like the way people view you where it's like the world is kind of like expecting you to grow up people are kind of sexualizing you but you also kind of still just want to live in your own fantasy world and i just i love like thinking about like i don't know i just love the effects that that has and so I just have to say, Sarah, I know she's bratty, and I know she says, it's not fair, but it's not fair. It's not fair. Nothing's fair. Yeah, but, it yeah, is. There is, a lot, there is a lot of that, because it's like she is expected to kind of grow up, but she's still like a child, and then it's, you know, that kind of attention that you're getting from sure. this, you know, fantastical man, and it's David Bowie, so of course. Oh, yeah. We're going to spin off on that for at least yeah, a fair yeah. amount. Then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, it's like not chill actually because she is so young but like i don't know i just you know as someone who like kind of grew up with those experiences i just have such a soft spot for her and i totally i get i get her and yeah. when she's just like larping by herself at the beginning and like <laughs> i was like me as fuck dude like <laughs> <laughs> you have given me like i'm currently writing down quotes because you've so far like uh given me two which is me as fuck and then it's uh, uh like and then loving something is all about timing uh like uh that's, that's like my number one philosophy in life <laughs> oh absolutely and then uh key lime kush still a great name uh asked a follow-up question with it uh asking did it change from when you were a kid to an adult or Perhaps, like, maybe not your main character. But obviously, you kind of show that, okay, maybe there are certain things that you understand why you like it. Yeah. But in addition, are there any characters that were a part of it that maybe, okay, upon rewatch, you're like, that person never resonated with me at first, but now does? Like, um, I think that would probably be more, like, rewatching it as I got older. I think I actually started really caring more about Sarah. I don't really think I cared that much about her when I was like really little. I was just like, look at this little worm. He's so cute. He's wearing a scarf. But also Ludo is a precious angel baby. Ludo! Must be protected at all costs. My boy! He was my favorite character. Yeah, Ludo is definitely, and still like, but I think as I've gotten older, just kind of like seeing it kind of from that perspective of uh, I I just, I have such a soft spot for Sarah, but I did not when I was younger. Like, it was all Ludo, all like, and, and I'm a little worm. I, I am the little only in it for like one minute but i just what a precious baby uh but yeah probably originally but i have to say and i think it's just because i was born an angry uh feminist as much as i absolutely love david bowie i was always just like i would fight jareth in hand-to-hand combat like he was never my favorite character because i'm just like no men sh- shut up you don't get to tell her what to do <laughs> but understandable music, incredible i also love the um the chili down birds chili down with the fire gang that's my favorite song actually in the movie uh 
from when I was younger to now, Chili Down wild. is my jam. It's <laughs> yeah. insane. And I've always just like loved them. But they're also very unsettling. So they're, they're the ones that are chucking their heads in the air. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And then they try yeah, to like, that, that rip their head off. But I was I always loved that scene when I was younger too. And I still love it to this day. Uh, <laughs> a little insane. Lou, Lou. You yeah, can. Lou has contributed in the chat to say that you are her favorite person now. Uh, so that, uh, like, her new favorite person. So uh, I think we're going to have to have you back multiple deeply times. Deeply honored. Deeply honored. <laughs> Given that we have our shadow host that is Lou currently... Is the official uh, like, mascot, so I have been approved by the official mascot. <laughs> Lou is, like, uh, like, Lou is the power broker of, like, this whole d dynamic is, like, the person working in the shadow, like, the Dread Pirate Roberts, like, oh just truly. Really... That's incredible. I love that. Well, but, thank you. I'm uh, truly honored. But to go with what you were saying, like, uh, back to, like, what I also felt was kind of interesting is this idea of, with the fact that, at least my interpretation, again, I'm, I'm, uh, identify as male, but I, I do have a lot of, uh, I think in the spectrum of gender, like, my, I lean more masculine outside feminine inside of kind of like this um uh viking again vi viking outside with like the core of just like princess of the ballroom like that that's the vibe that's like uh oh that, that's how I, that's how i describe my my own personality with things you've always but been my with princess. that the, like my what was that <laughs> you've always been my princess I, oh, thanks babe uh, but uh, it's sort of a definitely plutonic, just friends. In any other movie, we definitely are just friends. Mm -hmm. So it's <laughs> like yeah, we totally. will just, uh, this pod this this podcast is all about queer baiting, guys. But it's uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, but uh, what I thought was interesting is even the fact that this whole thing supposedly, or at least one of the implications of the ending, is that it takes place all inside her mind. Mm -hmm. That I, I feel there's also uh, to the contributing factors of like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, people could say David Bowie, it's gross that he's looking at like that he kind of is like after her and kind of things. And I agree with you. It is this metaphor for people sexualizing. I also feel it also kind of acts in a similar of a reverse of a like almost like like a young girl. Uh, it, it's very clear with the pictures on the wall that clearly this is also like an actor that she yes. admires yes, exactly. what, also, yeah. also why would the goblin king out of all these other characters there's clearly all these other goblins that are yeah. jim henson puppets and yes it's to have a star yes it's to have these things but i feel like like narratively it makes sense that it's more of like this is the almost like in her own imagination this is a guy that she finds very attractive in real life at, at least it yes. appears so uh certain element of like your fault again it could be fucking david bowie as like a, a, like a person that she found attractive. Now it's almost a self insert of like, it's exactly. it, it, it turns into yeah. uh, like this kind of thing, which I think is an other thing that this kind of de like deals with is that uh, the desire of people as well, yeah. which I thought, which is a, an interesting concept. Also, yeah, it definitely, and it also definitely adds up with like the whole, cause it's like when I was like younger, I mean, I was like 14, I think when Twilight came out and I was getting obsessed mm -hmm. with Twilight. And it's like this, like, over 100 year old vampire but if you pick up any like ya novel geared towards teenage girls it's always like this immortal hot 500 year old fairy dude and like a 16 year old to 18 year old girl and it's just i think that's another reason why like to me i've never like really like identified that in the movie as being like ooh, like this is like a red flag this movie yeah. needs to be canceled because i just feel like that's such a 
I don't want to say like universal experience, but I think it's something that like most people can kind of relate to of just being like, here's this hot actor and like the self insert and all those things. It's like Twilight's basically like Stephanie Meyer's self insert character. It's like, so it's very relatable, I guess, in that, in that sense. So. Well, and I think that there is a stereotype with it now, whether it's true or not, everybody has their own preference and things like that, but it tends to be like, at least there is a skew older, like again, like yeah. uh, younger, I mean, all of us, like guys, girls, everybody, it's like you have that thing of, oh, the the actor that like as a kid, when you're in your kind of hormonal teenage phase that you're like yeah. looking at these people and it's like, oh, well, it's these older people that you're looking at. It's It, yeah. it rarely is people your own age. Well, like yeah. it rarely is that. So, yeah. so I think that, that's kind of interesting. So, Nav, tell us about your childhood crushes. Yeah, because so, mine was Orlando Bloom, so... <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> understandably. <laughs> that, that feels particularly on brand. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That was like, I remember when he showed up, I was nine years old watching that in theaters, and I it was like the slow motion. I was like, I've, I'm a different person than I was when I entered this theater. <laughs> it's I one of those, I walked out of this, a very yeah. different experience. I had like the Mrs. It, Bloom like bracelet. Yeah, it was like yeah. a whole situation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> my uh, my uh, childhood so, crushes yeah. were so generic. Like it literally was Princess Leia and, <laughs> and uh, Padme. I mean, I was about to like, say the same thing. As I mean, it should be, though. Um, and then like, my awakening later in life came in the form of Pedro Pascal in season four of Game of Thrones. Uh, it's that. Absolutely. Have you ever been? Have you ever been with a prince? I was like. Oh. <laughs> Well, I was like, no, sir, but I'm willing to try. But if, yeah. if he asked me nicely, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's what it's one of those it's one of those say less, you know. Oh, just kind of a, like I, I feel that I'm like my beginning was like probably the same as you, like Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, like absolutely, definitely started there. Powerful, uh, women, you know. That's what I wanted. Ab- I just, hey man, I listen, someone who could kick me in the throat. Treat me like kick me in the throat like i'm like it's one of those things where uh but then as i got older as 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 the like as i got older i'm like i don't know if i wanted to be in the outfit or if like i liked her like i i started getting into that being like okay there's also another aspect to this that i really need to work through that's like kind of like okay that's odd um, but, uh, but my favorite thing was, uh, I definitely felt like later in life, it became all about the, like the males of Better Call Saul became like any of those Tony Dalton, okay. anybody there, like Tony Dalton became my boy, uh, Michael Mando as, uh, like as Nacho. If, uh, have, do you, are you a Better Call Saulian, uh, kid I, or are you? I have not watched Better Call Saul. I've actually only seen like the first season of breaking bad i think i never really got super far into that i I think you would like i feel like i I feel like it's sorry there was a bug i'm not just oh no i I feel that too there's like waving me around here (laughs) get away Um, be gone i want to butt in there for a second too keegan and just i think that there's something really important that we need to talk about here and it's the fact that all of these men um that you're talking about they're all latin american you got something you want to tell me is that is that where no. you found me? Like, what's what's the deal here? You just I, you ex- explain here, but I don't explain know. your I, actions. L- listen, uh, it's the listen, Naf. We need to do the will they, won't they, or else our ratings are going to go down significantly. <laughs> um, like, we need the we need the tension. This is a slow sure. burn. This is a but slow I, burn. Like, do how do you feel about Diego Luna? Because. <laughs> He's so handsome, and I just wanted to talk yeah. about it first. <laughs> but um, we were talking before about, uh, like, <laughs> we're talking like, about powerful listen, women and yeah. sexy Latin Americans, and, like, we can't go past, like, Black Panther this week was just uh, an interesting watch, because I'm sitting oh. there, and I'm like, 
all of these women could kill me. And, and I, I want it. Here for I it. want it so bad. Yes. <laughs> when like, Angela Bassett, her goddamn, the definition on her dude, like, she was so jacked. When she, she was sits so down jacked. The UN, <laughs> I, yeah. I went, holy fucking shit. She was is mommy? as hell. I was yes. like, are you going to be the next Black Panther? Because please. Dude. Like, I was like, I wanted that so bad. Was going, was, please. I can't, I can't remember the name of the movie, but she's in a movie. I think with Ray Fiennes, I don't know, it's old. My fiance showed it to me, but the whole time we were just like, anyway, Angela Bassett is, I want her to punch me in the face. She's so <laughs> uh-huh. beautiful. She's uh-huh. such a good actress. I don't know how she hasn't won every award I, re- like, I realized the same thing about the Dora Milaje, where I was like telling uh, Nath, I'm like, you know, I, I didn't realize, because I, I saw Black Panther obviously in the theaters, and I didn't realize with the certain sexuality and just more of like in general my like identification, like I didn't realize how much again I identify more with female characters than male characters in most media, and it wasn't until I rewatched Black Panther and I went, "There's a reason I love the Dora, Dora Milaje so much." Just because <laughs> I'm like, baby. they're complex characters that's not yeah. used as a, "Oh look, we're doing female warriors." Let's like they're that's so it. Sweet. That's yeah. the personality is the fact that they're female. Like that's oh, their person. All? It's like no, they are. They are they're stronger than SEAL Team Six. These guys yes. are the again i love the line at the beginning of like open the door like open the door like are you serious they're not gonna knock again (laughs) like they're just kind of and it's like i'm like these badass like fucking and 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 i did love how the new black panther especially like a lou just put it in there was like basically all female led and i'm like it's so perfect because that was how the first movie was to begin with it had so Mm -hmm. many strong female characters uh and to have the latest one do that. Not that we're going to go too much into Wakanda Forever stuff, but since it was brought up. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And again, it's just that, where the, yeah, they're not like the, t- we, look, we have our strong female character. They're not like a token. They're like really good characters. Yeah. And I think they're that's like. Shocker, again, as a, a theme on this uh, podcast, <laughs> shocker when you write ca- females as people. Yeah. It's amazing how great that's characters like, they yeah. are. So all of my male writers out there are male identifying who you tend to avoid talking to women for God knows what reason. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, maybe try considering them to be people like you and write it there and maybe you'll actually get somewhere. You That's know, it's... My, uh favorite George R. R. Martin quotes. And I mean, like, there's definitely discussion on, like, he doesn't always hit the mark when it comes to writing women, but he 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 does have some pretty solid, like, female characters, and yes, there is, true. like, a quote where he says something like that. He's like, well, I just, like, write them like they're people. I don't know. And then anytime you know, I read... Yeah, and then anytime I read Stephen King, I'm like, oh, sweetheart. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, I actually... This, but maybe not this. <laughs> I really yeah. appreciated a lot of that as well. Like, um... I've read all of the, like, I've only read A Song of Ice and Fire. I haven't read any of George Martin's other works. But, like, yeah, the way that he writes female characters, for the most part, is, like, really, really engaging. And, again, it it comes from that fact that it's not, like, how sort of Game of Thrones almost evolved into a little bit of, like, hey, like, sort of girl power thing. It's just, like, they're just just brilliant characters. Like, they really, really are. They're complex. Cersei is one of the best written villains of of all of them. One of my favorite. Cersei ultimately was my favorite character in that show. She's fucking amazing. Like, she's just so well-written, and there's also not again, really a lot of good, like, villain characters for women, so... That it was, goes down, it awesome. goes back, it goes back to, like, the whole uh, Wanda debate. We talked about this with JJ mm-hmm. a while a while ago, where it's like, 
you know, the thing is, I, I don't understand, like, it, it was kind of around the time when I was realizing my own viewpoints on things. And, and again, this does have to do with Labyrinth because it, because we are talking about like yeah. like you know kind of the idea of how this uh just to tie it back in like how uh, a misrepresentation or it's weird when we look at it this way like okay for some reason people have an issue when it's done with a female character but when a a male character in the same position they got no problem making the queen no. yeah. love interest like a, a, an older woman like or things like that where it's like I get that it's a little easier to see these kind of creep, but it's like, this is a fantasy. Ultimately, this is in her mind. It's not legitimate. Like, again, it's debatable whether it's legitimately happening to her, but yeah. I felt like with this one, unlike um, Pan's Labyrinth, it was a lot more clear that they were trying to make this a metaphor for her growing up into it's her very, own. Yeah, it's very thing. much that like that weird in-between phase of still being a child, but you're kind of wanting to be taken more seriously. You want to be older. And that's, yeah, so like the whole self still being able to, but being like, it's okay to hold on to. Exactly. They, what when makes like, you useful? When they say, should you need us? Uh, okay, we can talk about that later. But. Yeah, no, oh, so absolutely. On that point, like I was thinking about how it kind of connects to like the end of Toy Story 3, where Andy has that same <laughs> oh, sleep moment. Oh, yeah. And it's not, you know, explicitly said, but like in the visuals, it's telling you, you know, like, hey, it's okay to move on. We're still here. And, oh, dude, just, yeah, so that, that side of it I thought was really We gotta cool. do an episode on Toy Story 3, because I advocate well, that's the best Well, then we need to find somebody made. who hasn't seen it. Yeah, Holy I've seen shit. it. Holy uh, shit. How do we, we gotta find, there's gotta be someone. There's gotta be someone out there that has never seen Toy Story 3. If you have We're never gonna seen put Toy a Story mad 3. search <laughs> on TikTok. If you have not seen Toy Story 3 and you're a content creator, please message us. Uh, guys, uh, apologies for two seconds. I actually do need to step away. I'm just going to deafen and turn off my um, camera. But you guys continue as is. I'll join you. Absolutely. Shortly. I will bring it back to, I will bring it back to, uh, yeah, you go do what you need to do. Uh, so, yeah, because what, what we talked about with JJ about um, media literacy and in general, oh, yeah. um, like uh, the concept of what I found so crazy when there were like people getting really mad at like i understand um with uh when it comes to multiverse of madness let's say mm -hmm. like um people not feeling satisfied with the film like i get that sure right, and i yeah. can and i'm like because i was kind of one of those people where i'm like i i did kind of want more with certain things because i thought certain choices could have been made to be better yeah yeah that's how it was i was like I, it was it was like fine but it wasn't but like the, but the best part about it was letting wanda go on her villain arc and, just and having unhinged yeah and i was like that was perfect because that was what i thought they damaged at the end of wandavision for yeah, me that's, yeah because that that show i liked that show but it did a little bit like not like fall apart at the end but there were things that i was kind of like i kind of just wanted it, to it did a heel turn was, that it yeah. didn't need to that i, I was like to go for it yeah that that was what at least i felt to me what wandavision felt like to me and I, I've talked about this multiple, I think other times on the show, but WandaVision felt to me like what you started us off with, what you didn't make us realize is this is a hostage movie. Yeah. This is like, and typically when you have a kidnap movie, it always is that uh, Stockholm syndrome effect, right? Like you get to have sympathy for the person who's, who's keeping you hostage. You have sympathy mm -hmm. for that, but you also understand why everybody's a little bit in the right here. Like I thought Hayward it makes sense what he's doing. This is a person who has taken a town hostage, and hostage, we don't like, know. And this is one of the most powerful people on the planet. 
who is doing this. Yeah. And we don't know if someone is trying to do this. It's there. And then all of a sudden, you also, within the show, show her that she has an inkling that, like, when she's talking to her brother, it's like, so what you think I'm doing isn't wrong. Mm-hmm. She knows to a degree that she isn't. She's just allowing somebody to tell her, oh, you're yeah. fine. And I'm like, I felt that at the end, when they're like, oh, she has nobody, uh, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like at the end to have her go, oh, I didn't know. Oh, well, now that I know, I'm canceling like, this whole thing. Bitch, you knew the whole goddamn time. Know. And I feel like also with her kind of being more like, I don't know, soft at the end, it almost made, which you can kind of infer like, oh, like she was by herself in between that and Multiverse of Madness. But then I feel like it's almost because of the way they did the end of WandaVision yeah. was like, it was like jarring how intensely like, villainous she was in Multiverse exactly. Madness. Well, I'm like, if you left WandaVision off of like, she, they do distract it. She's gone. Yeah. And, and it's like, you don't know how she's feeling. Then it's this other entity where you saw what happened here. She left, she's gone. She's out of here. Yeah. And then, and then you visit her Multiverse of Madness. I feel that arc works better. But it felt like here, it's like, oh, we'll see each other again. And Welcome like, back, oh, Nap. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but back to it's like the the main thing that I hated was people coming out of there and going, oh, like kind of going like, oh, how can you um uh like support Wanda or like things of that like where it's like because a lot of people coming out and it's like. Exactly. It's like to me, I'm like, I don't. We we do support women's wrongs. We this podcast, women's rights and wrongs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And my whole thing was, if you walk out of here and you're the same person that rooted for Walter White as you're walking through Breaking Bad, yeah. It's like, how yeah. the fuck are you? How do you not understand this is the same goddamn thing? It's you the can same love thing. a character. And you can find this character intriguing and love this character because of that. Like, I love Lalo Salamanca and Better Call Saul. When you eventually watch it, when we bully you into watching it. Yes, uh, will, uh, it's actually a common like, theme on this uh, podcast. We got JJ to watch, like, half the series. And we, we did it. And we're very happy. Like, we're going to get more people. Like, we're going to get all of TikTok eventually. Uh, but the whole thing is that you can love a villain. That doesn't mean you agree with them. But the whole point is it's an interesting thought experiment to follow down what the hell this happens. And And, and how people react to different things. I feel like that's a big thing with like Game of Thrones. It doesn't work with Daenerys at the end is that it's like, I don't mind her getting to that point, but I need to see it, which is why I think that House of the Dragon, the way they're kind of setting up. I mean, I just love Rhaenyra and I love Emma who uh, plays her. And I love Negronis now with Prosecco in them. Spagliato, amazing. Um, but it's and like my, you watch my girl Olivia Cook. Oh my oh girl my Olivia! Gosh. They did all of them are just so good. And I mean, like when you watch that and then you see all the things that happened to Rhaenyra, I'm just like, I don't care what Rhaenyra does in the next season. I support all of her war crimes because <laughs> fuck all of you guys. Like, how could you do? Because it's like because you got to sit with that. And even though it's like ultimately you can recognize like oh maybe this is not the right thing to do but I understand why she would react a certain no one's way. Right. Like, it, exactly. Like, it's like yeah. not exactly there isn't really. So it's like and it's true I, I, I just feel like men get kind of just 
Well, they well, get the, to just be villains and unhinged all the time. The, but the, the point being is I think a lot of writers are afraid because of and I think that there is like to give writers credit. I think that there is a desire to do that with female characters. But yeah, I think the issue sure. is there has been so many negative stereotypes of women that it's, it's hard to be able to go, OK, well, this per this one's we're going to make it a more of an emotional turn. Mm -hmm. Clearly, there are things that would happen to anybody that they would do this out of an emotional fear. Like it's it's the idea of Peter uh, Peter Quill smacking Thanos. Like that's an emotional moment. I love that, that it's yeah. an emotional flawed moment. However, a lot of people tend to have the stereotype that women are too emotional and things like that. So when it comes to exactly. writing, writing like uh, flawed female characters, which to me is an inherent part of writing a good character is what are In their general, flaws? Yeah, yeah. Like... In, and you have to give characters flaws, but I feel like the fact that there are so few female, well-represented characters that people get a bit skittish and they're like, are people going to understand what I mean? And that's like, why... Oh, like, they're only this way because it's like, I mean, again, not to keep going back to Game of Thrones, but it's like when they're like, see, Daenerys is losing her mind. She's not wearing makeup today. She didn't do yeah. her hair today. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's um, like, <laughs> and how did, how did you do that point. when, what was that, Naf? I said, I'd love to add to that point as well, because you have um, a lot of the time villains start to make um, decisions that you kind of don't agree with, or even just characters make decisions you don't agree with. And a lot of the time you kind of want to jump to like, they, they shouldn't do that. Um, particularly with somebody like Wanda, right? Like, well, she shouldn't do that. And I think that what's really important, and I saw somebody um, talking about this on Twitter actually recently, and it was more about when you see a character make a jump that you wouldn't necessarily, you haven't connected those dots yet. Um, the more important question, rather than no, they shouldn't do that, is why? What caused them to become that? Um, and that's something really interesting that Ryan Johnson explored with Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Ah, damn yes. it, Naf! Yes, he did! <laughs> but you're, oh. Every time! Yes, yes, yes. Every time! And, uh, that's for our, for our uh, counter. That is the we worked it back to The Last Jedi counter. Um, <sighs> and so. Absolutely. For the you other part as well. Home, <laughs> do not drink and drive. Anyway. <laughs> back on uh, Game of Thrones for a second before we come back to. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> Labyrinth. The Last, Jedi. Week. Last yeah. Jedi or Labyrinth? Uh, Labyrinth. Um, okay. Uh, we got a first time chat there as well from Avalon. Uh, they've said Marjorie Tyrell supremacy. And Marjorie Tyrell oh, is an absolute queen. That's my, that's my friend Leanne. Hi Leanne, I love you. Uh, oh, hi Leanne, we love you. Welcome. Yeah, Marjorie Tyrell, we love, we, we stand. She was amazing. Oh, Marjorie is, uh, again, incredible character uh, that plays on a lot of the stereotypes that allows herself to be used that to her advantage. Like, she's so smart and she knows how to play the game, but she also is actually like, does have kindness in her and her grandma is the coolest Olena. motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see that picture that came out um, a while back where it compared um, like uh, the characters, the actress's name, blanking on the name uh, for Elena? Plays Marjorie. Wait, oh God. What is her name? She's in that Avengers show. That's like old Avengers show. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it. It's very entertaining. Uh, oh no, she I'm passed away recently too. She did. Um, Elena, somebody help us. Um, I was just. Are you talking Diana about who Rigg. plays Marjorie? What was it? Yes. Yeah. No. Um, uh, who plays Elena? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. 
Uh, so there was a picture that somebody put up uh, that compared like a young Dana Rigg to Marjorie Tyrell, and they like looked almost identical to. It's like that casting is insane. So and also Natalie Dormer, who also Natalie Dormer Ooh. plays a voice in the Dark Crystal show, and really? Jim Henson made the Dark Crystal, and Jim Henson did Labyrinth. I brought it together. Oh, you, Kevin, <laughs> you did a bacon number to this whole uh, to this whole thing. I that is see, this is why we need you, to be you a, gave like us a, a Charlie regular. Day from uh, from Always Sunny yes. Philadelphia. Yes, in We're the mailroom, like, it's all connected. Yeah, exactly. it's all connected. Pepe Sylvia, uh, and it's uh, but. Uh, so, ba yeah, back to, like, speaking of the Jim Henson of it all, I, I think that talking about, like, sequence-wise within Labyrinth, one of the main things with it, to an incredible extent, besides, like, again, as we're talking about, like, the more uh, feminine gaze that this this film has in the, the, in, core, in the core of the writing, one of the things I thought was, like, a really interesting thing, especially compared to that, because one of my favorite effects, because I thought it was just clever, again, this film does so much things that are, like, simple and it's difficult to do how you did it but it was a very clever solution to create something that was unique was the hands when she falls into the hole and it's all those hands holding her up and like helping her and then they did like those little like like you know faces with the hands yeah. to talk as a puppet uh, so that was cool. one of my favorite sequences in the entire film i actually made a note of that as well like it was I, i've never seen anything like it like ever yeah um it and was I'm like, so, that is so cool. a, it's so simple to think about, like, it's not a crazy visual effect. I feel like if you were trying to do that, yeah. a lot of people would go, oh, what crazy visual effect can we do with this? Can we make it like, oh, something is like, hold, like, I feel like you would go with that instead of it takes a Jim Henson mind to think of or whoever came up with that. And like the idea that, oh, no, we're literally just going to paint people's hands and they'll do hand puppets because I'm like, that's cheaper than building a puppet. That's this. It's more complicated, but it's ultimately it's a cooler effect it's like the idea of the um optical illusion that we were talking about before of like the wall being over here it's all practical and yeah you could do as you were saying now like the tap on the wall the bricks like peel apart but it's also cooler to just have it be like oh this yeah. thing that if she just walks oh, yeah. and it's there and it's just it's to me i'm like it's the show of like sometimes use the constraints that you're given and sometimes that can lead you to a cooler effect than yeah, it often does than a super mm -hmm. expensive yeah. um, way of doing it. Well, think, even um, in like, oh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, oh no, mine was a quick one anyway. It was just talking on like it's not like the 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 it's called the best explanation of that same sort of thing. But um, hearing like Ryan Reynolds talk about the first Deadpool film and the sort of the the changes they had to make to film stuff in camera because they just didn't have the budget for visual effects and kind of you know as a result. Things feel good and real and grounded. Like it just yeah. it happens when you have a lower budget like that. Yeah. I was even going to say, just because I love Lord of the Rings, but in the yeah. Peter Jackson trilogy, like when you see like the Hobbiton sets and it, like when they're in the wagon, uh, Frodo and Gandalf are in the wagon, it's like Ian McKellen's like closer to the camera so that he looks. Perspective. But it's just there. It's just, yeah, exactly. And it's just something that's very like, basic like a basic idea but they just did it on this like grander scale and it yeah. worked so well like they just stuff like that i just i'm obsessed with yeah i absolutely agree i think that a lot of the oh yeah go ahead oh, now we went go at the ahead. same time again i'm sorry <laughs> uh, I, that's um, what happens it's it's difficult you know podcasting it's an i don't know how people do it <laughs> um but that was one of the things that i really appreciated about the film as well it's like 
it kind of it gets more creative as it goes. It's almost like if you start with hand puppets, you're gonna be like, this is a bit much, like. But it kind of like drip feeds you a little bit more craziness and things like, yeah. for example, the little worm talking, and on the yeah. side of the screen, you've just got those little vines with eyes, and they're just mm-hmm. like following, yeah. following yeah, her. She like, moves around. It's like it's a little creepy, but the it's weird, the, like, the way that it drip stuff. feeds this stuff. I, I made a note of like... um the which was the talking hands, obviously insane. Um, but there was even a, a point early on in the film, I don't know if you guys noticed this, I'm sure you have if you've seen the film a million times, but I put a timestamp, 22 minutes and 5 seconds. She is walking through the labyrinth, and it's like she's at the front of the, the frame, and the whole labyrinth is kind of like a matte painting behind her. And yeah. in the corner, in the top right, they've painted David Bowie's face into the wall. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. really? I actually don't think I've noticed that. Okay, I'm going to pull up a screenshot for you now. And I can send it. Oh Let me see gosh. it. I need to see that this. That is intriguing. Um, um, yeah, I was going to say, is, this is like a movie that you could honestly like put on mute and still be entertained. Like, because oh. of the visuals. Like, and, and that's I love why, how, like, sparkly yeah. everything is, too, because it reminds me of Legend, um, which I yeah. also love, which is a great one. But, yeah, I just like the sparkly walls and all the detail. And the, the scene where... They're getting out of the Uglia, and those big stone faces are like, "This is not the way." Which was a huge D and D moment for sure. Oh yeah. But then they're just like, "Can I just please say it?" Because if, but they're just that talking, was so and then funny. You see the sand falling out of their mouths because they've been there for so long and they haven't had a chance to talk, so they've got all this build up. It's just little details like that that or I even like, love. The, or even like the the door knockers that had that whole bit of like, oh, no, I don't want to put it back in my mouth. The, don't and put it back like, in my mouth. Like hold his nose and then to get him to like open his mouth again. It's like no, I, I, I like it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Oh my gosh, oh, it's... It, we did have a really good question in the uh, chat because I think this will also lead us into talking about David Bowie more because I think that uh, because we need to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, Key Lime Kush, great name. Uh, I feel like we have we are now obligated to say that every time you comment. Um, uh, asks who would you recast for Sarah and Jareth if it was made in 2022? And I suck. At I have. I suck. I, I, I agree, but, but like, I think that it's a, a really good question because you have to think about who would work well with like a shit ton of puppets. Like what kind of, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's too young, but I feel like the David Bowie, I would say he's too young. Now you need somebody a little bit older, but I would say like, give it, let's say this was made in 2027. Uh, I would say uh, Harry Styles instead of uh, David Bowie. Because mm. uh, you have that androgynous style of dress. You have that raw charisma that he does have. And you don't need the best actor. You just need someone that can deliver that kind of, like, you need someone who can sing. And you yes. need someone who can have that oh. raw, ooh, what, who you got? Okay, uh, have you watched the Sandman show? No. Oh. It's fucking amazing. Uh, Mason Alexander Park is a non-binary actor. They play Desire, and oh. they are beautiful. They have sung like David Bowie songs before, like on stage. They are a singer. Uh huh. I think they would be fucking iconic as Jared. I think that would. I, I feel like. I feel like. It, I feel like that. Great. That's what also you would need to do in this day and age. Is I think it'd be really cool to do a non-binary actor as yeah. that. What they did with Hill, like, 
Oh yeah, what yeah, yeah. Um, um, I can't remember the actress's name. Well, she's trans. Um, that plays the new can, the pinhead. Yeah, the right? new uh, like yeah. that. Yeah, she's in uh, this show called Sensate that I really loved. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember I, the name right now, but yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, M Mason Alexander Park. Look up them singing because they have a beautiful voice. I think they would be great. I um, think that would sure. work. Uh, oh, okay. I, also, I need to see this Bowie's face. Yeah, yeah. I sent you guys a video okay. of me saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I need your live uh, reaction to this. Yeah, hey. okay. I'm I'm looking it up now. Um, mm. Wait, okay, so there. Oh, oh, I do see it. Oh, oh goddamn. Literally, I've seen this movie so many times, I have never noticed that. <laughs> that's, oh my gosh, what a good catch. That's right, amazing. And, see, um, that's what happens, like, because I feel like also everyone like notices different things in movies and i feel like i'm always like focused on different things when i'm watching it but for those crazy. of you in chat as well i don't know if you can see here but it's just david bowie's face just painted yeah, you can see it pretty well onto one of the it's walls. just incredible it's, it's cool because so like, it's kind of like ominous like he's always watching he always knows yeah. where she is yeah oh that's crazy yeah. well, i never and... noticed that that's my work done regard... thank you very much oh, oh exactly but with regards to sarah Sarah, I think, I'm trying to think. Yeah, if you have a good one, I, let me know. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I feel like an easy would have been like uh, a couple of years ago, like I would have said more of like a, a Sadie Sink or possibly a, a Millie Bobby Brown. That's what but I was I feel, thinking, yeah, but I think they're a little... But I, feel like, but I feel like you need to have like, I feel like you would just need to do, because Jennifer Connelly, we now know, like you, you know a as a person but i was like you would probably just need to find an unknown like you would need yeah. to just go and just do a full-on uh like oh yeah poc would be great yeah like uh some somebody i would say just Ooh, in now yeah. i would say that you just open up the casting and it truly is whoever fits the part best yes. like yeah. i would say it's one of it's one of the few parts that you can really just do i mean i feel like a lot of parts are like this where in theory you could just open this shit up and put it anywhere and have anybody that's even with like uh even potentially with uh you could also do possibly even like a billy porter as like uh a, a, a jareth if you did like something like that where you have billy like porter, that would be amazing that like i feel like he like has the magnetism but it might be a thing it really depends on because i feel like you still need that element of like this is a very you need that magnetism of a of a childhood crush now you could do that on either end of the sexuality True, like yeah. you could do something there but i feel like going to what we were saying earlier i feel like that is a core component which would be the only reason i would advocate for someone who has a bit of that raw now i would say if you make that a female if you make that a male you could do whatever the fuck you want but just sure, more yeah. of a you need that you need that charisma of like an attractive personality that would be the only thing that I have a question. Very interesting guys. to see. Oh yeah, it would be interesting to see a woman play Jareth for sure. Also, I could see a Kate Blanchett. I was thinking, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Step on my face again. Yeah. Um, uh, like, uh... so I have a question for you guys. Um, what do you think would be like the most cursed casting? The one that Hollywood would go. We're making Labyrinth. It needs to make a lot of money. Corden. Who are gonna James Jared Letter, yes. That. Jared, uh, uh, like, I was uh, thinking like a uh, Chris like Pratt. A, <laughs> Chris Pratt. Jared Leto. Oh, Chris he's so Pratt. cool. Like it would not work as Jared. Uh, yeah, I just hate Jared Leto a lot personally. I have like he's my arch nemesis. I, I do. He doesn't know it, but 
I, when I was, you, when I, uh, I was, I totally wasn't working horror nights. Uh, and that was why, uh, like people, uh, like didn't see me for the month of October. Uh, but, um, it like, while I hypothetically was there, um, there was, uh, a fair amount of times where I would get, uh, called Jared Leto because of my long hair and my beard. And it made me uncomfortable you where I'm like, like, I, I, I'm like, you do give me cult leader here's energy. what I got. Uh, here was, what was that? I said, you do give me cult leader energy. Well, that's fair, but that's just charisma. That's just charisma and long that's hair. My natural charisma. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's my nat 20 on charisma, but yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, now put the gun down. Like, this but by west star 44 yes uh nav nav we're gonna get i thought you would have liked me having a gun on stream okay absolutely but it's not an ar-15 so it's one of those things yeah i do live in arizona so i gotta yeah i support it um absolutely listen listen you you, we needed to protect ourselves from the people who owns the guns so it's like at this point like uh but um uh to the point where it's such i do feel like the cursed casting would be i feel the cursed casting would be right now trying to do probably one of the stranger uh things kids as as sarah like when it's kind of like getting on the out it would be millie bobby brown it would be yeah Yeah, i would say probably millie bobby brown yeah and she's like a great actress she's a great actress yeah i don't think it's like that's like i feel like that's the given i've genuinely never seen her in anything I just really love Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, like I've, I've seen the clips that people used of like, oh, like, oh, somebody put Dustin as like, if you, <laughs> could, could you, Dustin could be the worm. Dustin like, could be the change worm. Change Sarah, change Sarah to a boy and make it Dustin. <laughs> I love Dustin. Oh my god. Uh, see, that's when you do that, and then you make a Kate Blanchett. That's that's the combo where you that's do really- like. Uh, like, that's true. If but you I'm gender like, bend, um, uh, both if you like gender bend both Gareth, roles and ruin do. the thi- ruin the unique yeah, thing that, that we be... just said about it, it's not creepy. Like, there's an older woman and a younger boy. That's normal. Exactly. See, that's yeah. like the wrong. Yeah. That's the wrong yeah. lesson yeah. that they didn't learn from why it worked the first time. So, uh, but I, I would say that, like, if we were going like with the same dynamic, I would say probably that, and then you would probably have to find like some creeper. Like again, I think you put Jared Leto is probably the best way cool. of like a person yeah. Hollywood would go for as like, oh, we need a creepy, like kind of a guy who can give this kind of thing. Oh, let's do Jared Leto, but without really thinking about the implications of hiring Jared yeah. Leto. I feel like just based on what everybody is fan casting at the moment too, somebody would like and it's not a good call. Again, it's cursed as, but I imagine that like TikTok would be like, Henry Cavill would be a great so I was version. about to say Henry, I was like, Cavill. Henry Cavill and Millie Bobby Brown. That's my cursed I, casting for you. Yeah, you literally, take no, it. it not would be cursed. He's in everything. I uh re- I'm on book talk because I read a lot of books and anytime they're like here's a handsome man in a book they're gonna make it a movie like, henry cavill i'm like stop cease and desist you know, <laughs> my, my, my favorite my favorite part is a lot of it tends to be uh very hetero men oh yeah uh, now i'll put that in quotes because it's okay to acknowledge my fellow men that you want to be held like henry cavill holds that sword like That's it's okay fine. Yeah. That you that you want to be Henry Cavill's PC and be built like like by him, it's okay that <laughs> you want to uh, exactly like you want to have that. 
<laughs> exactly. It's okay that you want to be Lois Lane with, like, it's it's okay to admit that. Because I'm like, some of y'all, like, say that you're really comfortable being hetero, but you really love Henry Cavill to another I'm level. I'm so straight, except I would kiss Henry Cavill on the mouth. And I was like, so then maybe... Maybe consider <laughs> that you're all, you're a part of the the alphabet mafia, but you don't know exactly what letters you are yet. That's fine. That's totally okay. Yeah. Um, like, can I man, put another name into the little, like, It's kind of one of those. It's like that Robert Downey quote from like like Tropic Thunder. Man, everybody's gay once in a while. Like you know. <laughs> uh, um, I have another name. Someone else. Yeah, I have another name. Um, Matt Smith. Just based on his House of the Dragon okay. performance. That sort of, you know, feminine-coded, like... I think but you need to make this... Wrong, but I ain't... I am gonna go... That's still on the end of, like, not the most interesting casting you could do. Yeah, I feel like just... It would be... It, I feel like if they were gonna cast it, though, that would make sense, just given how, like, Hollywood kind of works, and he's very uh, popular right now. But he's also, like... Yeah. He is genuinely, like... He's got range, for sure. Absolutely. Like, he yeah. would be one of those that you do it. it. It would be, it's kind of like when I heard Bar Barry Keoghan as, um, uh, or Barry Kogan as, um, the Joker, where I went, I've seen his range. He's great for this. Safer choice, but I'm not, but it's not yeah. the wrong choice. Yeah. Like, I... and that's where I feel like Matt Smith would land on with yeah. this one is I'm like, would I prefer to hear a more interesting name? Yes. But I do feel like you're like that's an acceptable name. I would also accept, and this won't happen because he's a voice actor. But I love Critical Role, so if they were like Matt Mercer can mm. be in it, I would be like, okay, he's. Oh, okay, it. it's it's one of those. I'm I'm <laughs> fine with a, that. Yeah, and he's a good singer. But and so I was thinking, I was thinking about like, uh, like because of the whole like self insert thing, and it's like the Goblin King, like, Jareth represents, like, this actor that Sarah thinks is hot, and I was like, well, if that were me, it would be Adam Driver, and I can't imagine Adam Driver as Jareth, but I bet he could rock it, because he's amazing, but I love okay, Adam Driver. Okay, Jareth. see his range. I talk, see, oh, yeah, his range is incredible. He is... Ship's kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like, here's the thing with, with Adam Driver, and I, I put it in this, because in, in, uh, in, like, in Arizona there's uh like i was at scottsdale fashion square at some point and there was this big it was kind of towards like it was 2019 or it was like like 2019 in like december it's and that was kind of like around time marriage story like huge like uh again yeah, for, yeah. for like but adam driver was still like on top of the world like still is but like he was in a lot of things coming out and there was a there was a i believe it was a chanel ad or some sort of like it was either perfume watches or like i want to say it was like but bottom line it was like it was clothing or something where it's like you know you tend to get these models tend to be some of the most beautiful people that like you can find on this planet and they put charlie theron which yeah brad pitt yeah. <laughs> and then adam driver and i do go How did he end up on this poster? Like, where I'm like, no, not saying that he's not an attractive guy, because he is. It's in a very, like, like non-typical Hollywood way, for sure. Exactly. Though. It's it's in a, it's kind of in a um, Anya Taylor-Joy, like, camp of, you are attractive, but you're not the traditional 
aspect of like what people consider attractive, but it's also yeah. not just it, your personality. Like it because, it's like you know um, like uh, like Nap. What do you think? I know that um the conversations come up a lot more recently too, especially like the the people that I've been connecting with on TikTok. Um, like they talk a lot about like the female gaze versus the male gaze. Um, and yeah. that's G A Z E. Um, but um. <laughs> They talk about this. Female gays are called lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) But Ali um, and I quote that TikTok all the time, which was, "This is not the. This is not the like. Uh, this. Um, it was a. This is not the female gays. No, that's Chris Hemsworth. Female gays are called lesbians. (laughs) That's so good. Um, but I feel like is it because that like Hollywood was very like male-led for a really, really long time that most of the people that we've considered to be, like, attractive, sexy men have been, like, you know... Yeah, I have a huge... I have a whole theory, because this is, like, something that, like, I remember when, like, Robert Pattinson was cast as, like, the Batman and a bunch of dudes were like, well, but then they were fine with it because he's a really good actor and he's not just Edward Cullen and also, he could play Batman, Christian Bale could not play Edward Cullen, but that's a conversation for another time. Christian Bale could barely play Batman. This is the most hot take I have heard on our show, like, is just going, (laughs) is going, Christian Bale could not have played Edward Cullen. Like, just even putting that as, like, a concept. Anyway, continue. That, that is that's one of those uh, like TikTok critiques, you know. I just saw uh, Tyler put on his Twitter. <laughs> he said, uh, "Absolutely." He he said somebody compared Black video. Panther to Aliens. Um, like that was <laughs> he he put up, and then somebody just commented. He's like, uh, "Aliens is better than the first Black Panther," and he's like, "That that was their critique." I'm like, okay, cool, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just know that every like toxic straight man I've ever spoken to, number one red flag is if they find out some some girl they're talking to is like adam driver's hot robert pattinson's hot they get pissed they get so mad they're yeah. like how could you blah, and they just don't understand and they're like this skinny guy and i'm just like it's like you have no concept of like yeah. i just I was... feel like people were not expecting kylo ren to be like the heartthrob that he ended up being and i was like i was not surprised at all i, I mean like all. it makes sense like it's one of those things but i I mean i was it was more it's also just how feral it got was more where i got to this point of like i mean like like it makes sense don't get me wrong i also have seen loki so i'm like i I, I was like i was like i was like we also were there for that so i'm like this doesn't surprise me that the emo i can fix him guy that like kind of fits at this point of like Again, it's also why when I heard people like seeing Damon, I'm like, here we go again. Like, kind of go. Yeah. I love Kylo Ren, but it's that thing too where like people are like, well, he actually like go hard defending him. I'm like, no, like, he, no. He's, like he's like a bad, he's like made a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. I'm not trying to defend him. I, I just he's think hot. he's a good, which kind of, you know, and he is. And also, I uh, actually, fun fact, cosplayed him in 2016 at Phoenix Comic Con in a wool outfit in 117 degree weather. At his dedication, I, I I need to see a picture of this just because I'm like, this is badass. Yeah, I have a, I have yeah, it, that was a lot. So I just have to any kid because I'm also like one of those. I'm like, do I want to be him or do I think he's handsome? And it's yeah, usually both. that's it's usually I, I feel. <laughs> I feel that same way about a lot of characters. Like yeah. that's that's how I that like we were talking about Carrie Fisher earlier. Same deal where it's like I don't know if I want to be her or if I want to like like be if I'm her? in love with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like 
uh it's it's one of those things where <laughs> lou just saying i would pay for him to punch me in the face <laughs> it's just, it's just, but um, like but it, it goes to your point dark side divas said this about or it was on their marvelous divas and they were talking about andy circus as ulysses claw and they said yeah. I want. I don't want to fix him. I don't want to change him. I want him as he is, and I want him to pull my hair, and I want him to spit in my face. Like it's yeah, it's kind like, of one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, I felt that where I'm like, listen, I have problems, sure, but I'm like, I'm like, I want to have a good time, and that's what I want. I don't want to. Don't treat me with respect, yeah. please. I like turn my morals off. Actually, one of my friend, the friend that commented earlier about Marjorie Tyrell, we always talk because we like love the weekend, and we had like a friend once who was like. Those lyrics are just not respectful of women. And we were like, we did not listen to The weekend to be respected. Okay? So. <laughs> See, I feel like there's a difference. There. And again, going back to what we're talking about with the idea of a variety of media. What I think is more important about when we're talking about diversity in media and diversity in characters. We all love when there's a stereotype portrayed in a very funny way where there's a nuance to it. Like, I think Mel Brooks always did this very well. If you watch a Mel Brooks movie, objectively, a lot of the shit that's there is offensive. But, yeah. the, thing, but the thing is, he's making fun of everybody. Exactly. He, he's saying the Swedish hot model, but he's also making fun of the dweeby accountant that's over here. He's doing this whole thing of these are terrible people doing a terrible thing, yeah, but he's absolutely. not trying to say that it's a good idea. That's like the and, whole It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's the whole show. Exactly. Like, that, like to me, <laughs> like we're, we're watching awful people. Like that's the point. And exactly. I'm like, it, it's, and that's why I'm like, here's the thing. That's why we need a variety of diversity and why you need them to be interesting characters. Cause back to your game of Thrones or house of the dragon or black mm -hmm. Panther, all those examples, the thing is they had more than one female character. So the thing is you could take a big swing with this character while still having other characters where again, like you do, like the reason why you don't see a lot of uproar about it when it's a white male character is because not every character is Walter White. Not every character is Michael Sarah. You have plenty of white male, white straight male characters that have all these things. Thus, meaning we've had years to adjust to. Oh, what's this character beyond? Oh, I finally see myself represented. Uh, oh, and of course they're the villain, or of course right? they're, yeah. they're this, or of course they're the smart hacker. You know, it's like, or they're the first one to die. It's like. Beyond that, that's what I think is so important and what people fail to realize is beyond stereotypes or beyond these things or beyond just including one, it's about having a, a multitude. Like, I think Why Aliens is a better uh, feminist piece than um, uh, Alien is you have the soldier, you have the kid, and you have Ellen Ripley, who is actually, uh, like, with Ripley, is actually written to be written for a woman and not written as a man, then gender swap to be, which... We wouldn't have Ripley if that wasn't happening, so I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah. But that's more to me when I'm talking to writers and being like, that is a thing that, and I'm sorry to go on a monologue about it, but it's something that I'm very, uh, like, like it, it's just a, it's why I'm so passionate about it. Because I'm like, that the problem isn't ha like people having a lack of it, it's the lack of a diversity in it. Exactly, allowing yeah. allowing it to be an unapologetically villainous character allowing a woman to be a tragically flawed uh character which um one thing whether on mic or off mic i want to talk with you about galadriel because i have yeah. conflicting feelings on the portrayal of like of that i haven't finished the show but, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, we should talk about that for sure. But I think, yeah, I feel like that's, yeah, that's why diversity is so important because you do want to get to a point where, like, if you see, like, like, a black woman cast as a villain in a movie, it's not just like, oh, you're just making, like, the black person the villain because they are cast in everything. So it doesn't, yeah. like, now it's just, because that is what it is with, like, white people in general where it's just like, well, yeah, they can play whatever, and especially white men. But that's, like, with something like, in uh, Age of Ultron with um, Black Widow being like, I'm a monster because I can't have children. Like, that shit pissed me off. I was like, shut the fuck I, I literally hate this. But also, like, I feel like they're also, like, women who, who are, like, devastated that they can't have children. It's just that that's usually what women are, like, minimized to. Exactly. So, like, well, maybe one day when they have a lot of different, you know, characters, exactly. then it won't be a problem. But that's it's why, what... yeah, like what you're saying, diversity is so important because we're not there yet, but it would be amazing to get there. Exactly. It's what, it, like, um, we were also talking about Breaking Bad earlier, so you have various characters there, and then not only with that, but Better Call Saul has, like, some incredible characters. And, again, that's why I think it's important to have these stories, like, whether it's this or Labyrinth or all these, where it's, like, you're proving the validation of existence and yeah. the validation of these stories. And the idea is, ultimately, anybody can watch Labyrinth, and if you watch it with a closed mind, I don't know what you're doing. Because yeah, I'm, like, what, like, I'm like, how? Like, I'm like, how? Because I'm like, also, I'm like, this is a very interesting story that mm -hmm. I, anybody can relate to. It's coming of age. Exactly, like, come on. yeah. And touching and on um, what, what you mentioned about Breaking oh. Bad too, and also our previous point of being in love with damaged characters. You had um, a little insane in chat talking about how uh, they'd kill for Jesse. It's a problem. Um, we yeah, also, we also like, got a message absolutely. from Nerd Guardian, just the hello. So, hey, Nerd Guardian. Yeah, my buddy Paul. My buddy Paul's in chat. Hello. Yeah. Oh, that Paul. also, like, the whole thing also going back to, like, um, like, the female gaze and all that stuff. I feel like that's why Jareth works so well, because that's also... Yes. I, I, I know so many women that are like, I would have been like, sorry, baby brother, goodbye, I'm gonna be David Bowie's queen. And, like, <laughs> I just feel like, again, it goes so hand-in-hand, hand, like, just with, like, really popular, like, books that I read, like, in, like, the new adult and, like, young adult fiction, where it's just, like... I can like fix him or I don't want to fix him. I just think he's hot and I don't yeah. know. Yeah. He's like a weirdo and I love him or he's morally gray. That's like a really, people love that. They're like, he's morally gray. So it's fine. <laughs> well, cause, well, cause it's personality wise. Like it's, it's yeah. all back to your talking about like the pansexual aspect of it. It's like, it's the idea of like, you find a personality intriguing and I do love, like, let's talk about David Bowie for a second, because I think that that casting is brilliant. Because David Bowie, the, the, like not only, but time. not only that, you need someone who can play with, like, like have those puppets, be like who treats them not in a way where oh this is beneath me and I'm doing this for a paycheck. It's like he is, he is like the king there. Like yeah. it's truly like he really owns that. Like, like to me, it's like it's, it, to me it's like back to the Jim Henson stuff with like the Muppets. For me, one of my favorite. Uh, Muppet movies ever is the Muppets Christmas Carol. I think it's the best Christmas Carol version so that there is. We might have to do a rewatch of that. Uh, Naf, have you seen it? Nope. Oh, We're gonna watch it for yeah. that's one of our holiday episodes. Is that's Christmas perfect. Carol? Honestly, if you put up a list of like Christmas films, I haven't like I haven't seen a lot of Christmas wasn't a thing in my childhood house. So like most oh, of those okay, films, well, we'll have Halloween, to. Christmas, that kind of stuff. Like all those films, I've seen nothing. That's in in like, honor of my in honor of my mom, I might I might request we do it's a wonderful life. Beautiful. Because I that's that's one of my favorites it's as like a just a absolute classic too. Like a must-see. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those uh one of those uh fortunately it only has like it's one of those older films that does have 
a little bit of like like problem still prob little bit of problematic but sure. fortunately it's very minimal not and as, i'm like in comparison to a lot of movies back compare, then it's not, like comparatively yeah. this could have aged a whole lot worse yeah. like uh, in chat uh lou asked oh. you guys what you think of polar express oh uh i've never seen polar express me either um, I've never i seen have it. i is it I, bad? I genuinely have never seen it Honestly, here's the thing. It's just, uh, how do you feel about realistic, mo like, uh, real realistic mocap animated films? Because they, like, they, they tend like not to be. It was a weird subgenre of animation. I just remember seeing the trailer and just being like, I'm not interested, and then just never watching it. I think it's a good adaptation of the book. Like, I think it's like a fun thing. And I love some of the music. Some of the music is really good. I tend to be of the mind of like, uh, yeah. It tends to be kind of a keep it as you didn't necessarily see it. Like it's definitely, uh, I, I very much appreciate it, but I think that it's certainly one of those that's like a weird ass movie. Uh, yeah, I, it, I, I agree that with Lou. Lou put it put in the chat best. It's like unless you were a kid watching it, I think you'll hate it as an adult. I was gonna say like maybe it's like if you missed if you missed it at the time, it's not gonna work going back and watching it. It's kind yeah. of. Unlike this better. film, it's like yeah, it's a time. very much one of yeah. those where it, this film is timeless. Um, uh, it's it's one of those things where also things like, for example, Tintin, which is brilliant, wouldn't exist without something like Polar Express because they're like stepping stones. Same way, yeah. you, know, um, you know, people Fucking talk at Tintin. length uh, about its sort of like issues and how like potentially problematic it is, but something like the visual aspect of Avatar and the way of water and where yeah. we are now with characters like Thanos and all that. Wouldn't exist without Jar Jar. Like it's it's yeah. It's always, uh, oh yeah. Like a, yeah. There's always that like journey. Yeah. Of... Yeah. We gotta talk about Avatar at some point because I I want to just have like a lengthy discussion about like just because I'm like trying to weigh this idea of like I'm interested in seeing it just from the sheer standpoint of I like being carried away to a world, and I'm like I'm very interested in seeing it, but I'm also like I don't think we'll ever get Tyler back on the show. If I see it, I, yeah, and I, I'm like, I have zero good things to say about Avatar, so I don't know if I want to. Oh, see, but I, I have like, I, I have like one of those. place name will not live up to it if I have to. <laughs> I was like, when I was a kid, I was really into it. Before I fully understood like the the like the ramification, because when I saw it, I was like, this is incredible. It kind of got me into um, other films besides like Transformers. So I was like, you got to understand my threshold <laughs> yeah, for yeah. my threshold for movies that necessarily are considered really good were was very small so the fact that it did it kind of got there like uh yes my background is kind of giving avatar vibes i tried to go more for bisexuality but avatar <laughs> works too he, uh, but uh, she was talking about kit not you Oh, me? Oh, 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 oh yeah, thanks, thanks Snap. Thanks for ruining <laughs> Just thought I'd put that out there. But, God um, damn it, you're I, right. You know, I didn't I read like, it. I'm I, do like thing. I do like that there's one scene where they're running and the, the ground lights up, and I think it's pretty. It is so, pretty. There's that. It makes they're... for a great ride at Disney. It makes yeah. for an incredible world. <laughs> like, like it... yeah. It, that ride looks really... They. Uh, I, I used to work at Disney World. Uh, I worked there for a little bit because I did the Disney oh, okay. College program, but they didn't have that when I worked there. So that was after I left, and I was like, well... I haven't been back since, so um, I haven't got to experience it. But I heard it's amazing. Heard it's lovely. It's incredible. Like one of the best rides I've ever been yeah, on. Yeah, that's what like, I hear. I went and saw it, Black it Panther. Just, this it kind of gives you what I I understand a lot of people being like when they saw Avatar the first time, being like, "Oh, I want to live there. Like it looks so pretty." And I want like to that. go to there. Right. I want to like, go to there. I want to go to there. Um, I uh, saw Black Panther but, this week, obviously, and um, 
we saw it in IMAX 3D. And one of the things that was shown before the presentation of the film was the new Way of Water 3D trailer. And, like, the first trailer, I was like, oh, that's pretty, but... Eh. See, that's <laughs> why I'm... See, Naf, this is why I'm, like, okay, on the download. But I also... I, see I didn't see... Yeah, I didn't see the first one in theaters. I watched it, like, at home, and I feel like that really took away from... Because yeah. like, by the time I watched it, I was just kind of like, the... oh, I'm not... Yeah, I didn't it's really get to experience the... Yeah, so it was kind of like... I mean, it's, like, kind of pretty, but... Their ponytails, or... Yeah. Is that how they're... I don't... Oh, yeah. It's fun, oh, yeah. Gully. It's fun, Gully. We've, I've already seen this. Um, the, the thing that was... Uh, I was watching a video about this recently, about why it actually did so well, and how, like, as a film, it's, like, fine, um, outside of whatever other issues it has, but it's, like, it's fine, but... It's, you know, the highest grossing film of all time, but when you consider kind of, like, why it's got to do with, yeah, the technology technological advancements, and even something similar to, like, what happened with uh, Top Gun this year, how they kind of went back to doing more yeah. practical things, and every person who saw it went to, it's like a pyramid scheme. They went out and grabbed their friends, like, you need to see this, come and see it, and then they went, and it just, like, you know, it shot to, yeah. I think it ended, it knocked The Last Jedi out. Um, (laughs) I think it became Mm -hmm. seventh highest grossing of all time, and last year it was eighth or something like that, so, like, it it actually took over that recently. Yeah, everyone I know that has seen... I haven't seen the new Top Gun, but every... I don't go... I don't, like, go to the theater anymore. I'm such an introvert. I always watch... I, like, I haven't been in so long. That's why I go to the theaters, because, like, I don't have to socialize. I get to just go and sit and just... Yeah, I saw the Batman in theaters. I did. That was the last one, and that was a while ago, but... I did. I did watch that. Yeah, that was March. Uh, like, yeah, uh, I watch a lot of stuff at home. Uh, <laughs> um, coming back to uh, Labyrinth for a bit, because again, lots of lots of tangerines here. Um, oh, uh, we were talking a little bit about some of like the effects, and I've got some more notes here of like bits that I want to talk about and get your guys like. I, I want to just talk about these like scenes and sequences. Um, oh yeah. Talking of Top Gun, when this film opens, I swear it was the same theme song for a second. I was I was ready to go, um, like of course it's just very eighties, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, like it started and I was like, we we watching Top Gun right now? Like, what's... is this a correct movie or is this yeah. Top Gun? <laughs> um, I think one thing that I really appreciated about the film is kind of like how quick it really got into like the core plot. Like usually films like this that are introducing you to a new world, there's a lot of setup, but it's like yeah. no, it it it's starts, it rains, and then it's like oh by the way. This is the story. Um, I thought that was really interesting. You don't see that a lot with with films, like especially that fantasy fantasy stuff that needs to introduce you to the ideas of what's happening in the world. Um, yeah, I already showed you guys the David Bowie's face in the wall, uh, but I, I loved some of the other effects and how they used, uh, like how they solved problems with visual effects and even just like you know in camera stuff. And like one of the ones that I really liked, for example, was at the end with the stairs and. That was yeah. it's a super trippy sequence, but I watched oh, yeah. him throw the little glass thing to Toby, the baby, and I'm watching the baby catch it. And the second I saw it, I was like, "That he, they reversed it, like it's just reversed footage of him dropping it, and it's coming back to him catching it." Um, yeah. Or during, I think it was the dance baby dance, um, like uh, sequence where the camera pulls away. And you just see David Bowie throwing a doll into the air, yeah, <laughs> and it's cutting yeah. from the yeah. doll back, and I was just like. It's those little things that you, you, when you don't know what you're looking at in the 80s and you're seeing it for the first time, this is mind-bending. They're like, you threw a baby in the air. But now, watching it, you look at it and you go, oh, that's a doll. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I find that stuff so interesting. 
Yeah. And we were also talking about when we were watching it last night, the bog of eternal stench looks like it smells horrible. Oh they yeah. Just, like they have actual buttholes there. Like, like yeah. It's like, literally that's what like it, it's just like, it's a swamp filled with sphincters. Yeah. Literally it was like, ew. And then like when they're like running across the stones and it's making all those like nasty fart noises, it's so like childish and funny, but it's also like really you're like it's supposed to be disgusting it's supposed to like it's like it feels like if you touch it or if you're just around it you're gonna smell bad forever i think that's um a really interesting point though about it being like childish because obviously the kid the the film is mostly like made for for kids right Right, and that's why people talk about this scenario of like rewatching it as an adult like maybe it's a different experience but like when you're a kid and you think about bad smells like that's what you kind of know so even though now i was watching it and i was like oh like you just just made fart sounds like okay but it's then like, like it, okay but it, it it makes sense like it's it's but it, yeah i can connect those dots. yeah it's just again it's just that like weird it's like you've got that and it's very very childish and then you kind of like go from that to like the masquerade ball and yeah. her eating the peach and then it kind of it's that weird like in between of childhood and trying yeah. to grow up and i that's one of the things i love about like the movie yeah. on a deeper level is that it it really hits on that note very well while kind of just being an enjoyable movie on a surface level. There was a, um, another sequence as well with, uh, with, oh, sorry, a transition that they used quite consistently. You guys probably know the one, which he kind of like throws the crystal ball and then there's a little scene inside the crystal ball and the camera pans in and that's the transition. Yeah. I think they used it twice in the film, which I thought was really cool. And again, for its time, like you can tell when he goes, oh, look what I've got for you. And it's a fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it cuts yeah, away, because exactly. it's a glass ball, and you're like, huh? Yeah. Um, Especially because, yeah, when you consider the, like, kind of lower lower end of the budget they had, and yeah. how just, I'm sure, expensive it is just to create the puppets at all. I know that, like, Ludo had two people puppeteering him as yeah. well, because the I think it might be one of the, like, largest puppets Jim Henson has, like, made. Just, yeah, there was two people puppeteering him possibly the skexies in dark crystal the show too those ones were really complex but yeah i think that's another thing just wondering how much of that budget went to just creating the puppets and yeah all of that because they're so extravagant and they're so detailed i think that once you I do put all that effort and all that money into that of course it forces you to make creative decisions and, and solve problems in yeah. a way that is just as unique as possible you know maybe the original idea for those hands was another puppet but they were like shit we don't have any money left we have we have paint dip your hands let's let's see what happens here like that's really really interesting there was the sequence where they actually save ludo which i was thinking about this for a little while and i was like is this kind of racist it reminded me of i i put on a scary movie for the other day oh, like gosh. just for no reason in particular i just uh-huh. yeah. i was like oh, i'm on the tv oh this was like recommended i'm just gonna put it there and there was the scene where um i can't remember her name or the actress's name but the the main like blonde girl is talking to the demon in her house who is like asian and she's just saying random words and it's got subtitles and it reminded me of this i could have sworn it was the same sort of thing happening it sounded like they were like fake japanese um, as all these little critters were running away, and I was like, I'm picking up random words here. <laughs> it feels... That was also, like... I actually had, like, a similar thought, because there's that other one where she's trying... She's doing the lipstick, like... And she's got her lipstick out, and she's trying to do that, and then one of them, like, comes out, and it's like... Like, just... And, like, flips the stone around, and I was like... They just are, like, yelling gibberish, and it's, like... Yeah. Kind of, like... I don't know, like... And you're like, maybe not the most sensitive thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think sensitivity was like a cornerstone of films in the 80s. 
Um, Definitely not. I think it was absolutely the opposite mentality of how how insensitive can we be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like every time I go, yeah, every time I go watch an older, and I love I love a lot of the aesthetics of the '80s, but the '80s were a time. They were a time, and they happened. (laughs) Things happened in them. That's all I'll say. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I wish that I got to live through the '80s, but like as me now, who has lived through the 2000s. You know, like I wouldn't have liked to live in it and be here now. But if I could go back in time and experience that, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, We were talking about the film thing, right? Like you kind of, oh, well, so sorry if you like going to continue on, but it's just kind of cool to see how your, how things can change depending on when you watch them and what, what the new context is for watching them. Of course, time changes the context of like everything. Insane. And, I think the more my friend and I were talking about this, like going back and watching like movies that like we used to love, and there might be aspects that we still really love about them. But then you go back and rewatch them, and as you have kind of like, like as uh, like I've done some more like work and like kind of unpacking like uh, like racist ideals that I was like taught growing up that were subconscious, whatever, like just by being a white person existing, sure. uh, like the more you unpack that, the more you'll go back and watch things yeah. and go, whoa, oh, 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 oh um, God, I didn't notice this. And that's yeah. awful that I didn't notice. Like, I think so well, that always and, makes it interesting to go back. And well, and also things. you understand why though that stuff was like, um, I guess permitted in some ways because people like yeah. us didn't notice and yeah. We, yeah. we didn't have a conversation around this or a I conversation on a wide enough, yeah. plat- on, on a wide enough platform that people who, because again, let's be honest and, in places where like diversity isn't really as prominent, how would you know? Yeah. You, like again, a lot of people in rural communities, what, or maybe not rural communities. That's a bad example to talk about like uh, the gay experience, but it's like, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that uh, if you've never met an openly gay person and being able to talk with them, like how would you know yeah. these things? Yeah. What is like, actually just like a caricature and what? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, how, yeah. It, it's kind of the idea of like if you never talk to like again it's the idea of like you only know your experience so even yeah. women writing men if you don't talk to a man you don't really you, like yeah. you can you you won't be able to write it truthfully yeah mm-hmm. but it's like and that's kind of a thing that of course you default to stereotypes because that's what you know yeah like or you'll write something and be like oh well it, it makes sense this person would be into that right like not even thinking not about even it thinking, but being yeah. like and then going like even people like um some makeup artists uh, a lot of times talk about like uh, the difficulty of uh, doing of, you know, a lot of people were talking about it on the internet when uh, House of Dragon was happening with uh, black hair and the yeah. idea that they were doing the white Targaryen hair, but on black uh, on young black girls. And, and there was a lot of people talking about how those wigs looked really bad because it wasn't the quite like I forget it, like saying exactly what it's about. It, and I'm not the person to necessarily talk about that. But it's one of those things that I find that interesting where it's like, yeah, there is a difference and there is a difference yeah. in that kind of the the things there. And I find it very compelling or even how we talk about gender identity and the the spectrum of LGBTQ, where it's this idea of I feel as our films get more nuanced or the stories that we tell get more nuanced. That's what's really interesting. And then that's what we really end up uh, bringing into ourselves. Yeah, I think to Kit's point before the. How... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just to say it highlights how important once again like diversity is in films because then that normalizes it more. So then it's not 
Uh, also, they need to get every movie needs to ha- hire black women to do wigs. Everything I have learned about wigs, I have learned from black women. So I don't know. If oh, I believe it. Yeah. but they they should they should have because that was I remember reading a lot of conversations about that where they were just like, who did these wigs? And some of them look good, but again, some of them were a little like not as good. But yeah, again, highlights that we need diversity behind the scenes. In front of because the scenes, again, of how would you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Again, I, and it's not a matter of being ignorant. It's literally it's just, to a yeah. point of like, how would you know? I just yeah. didn't. Yeah. Like so how sure, how yeah. could this person know? But yes, Anaf, you had something to say. Oh no, I was just talking about how like it's really interesting that yeah, when you do deconstruct that kind of stuff, you are more sort of sensitive to it. Like again, mine is the sort of religious deconstructive de- deconstruction, and sort of Same. Like that people's experiences and my channels are sort of from the third party, and I'm just like. Oh yeah, like a lot of this is like really messed up. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you you posted something I think it, like a, a day ago or something like that um about uh like the idea of like uh people saying like you left a church because like uh like I think it was like people it's like oh le- when they're saying like oh you're leftist and left the church because of um you just want to leave, do whatever like, yeah. do whatever you want where it's like no but i actually want. was paying attention it's like no and actually what happened was i was listening yeah what happened was <laughs> what happened was this and it's like uh, you know actually all too soon but uh that that's kind of going to but what I, why I think media is important, and again, why we devolve into conversations like this, and I think yeah. why we we love having them is because ultimately, yeah. And I think people dismiss media and they kind of go, yeah, it's just a superhero movie. It's not that deep or things like that. I'm like, but, but here's the thing. It's not deep. It's, it is. Like... But, but it is, though. And yeah. it's, like, it's, as deep it's as the thing of going, be. it's as deep as you want it to be. And just it's because somebody takes it there doesn't mean that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's to yeah. you not and but beyond that it's even this idea of if like we were talking about you do not have that experience you do not have that knowledge it's really nice when a film gets it right Mm -hmm. that you can feel like you don't know that like you, you again it's to me it's the empathy machine like uh, I mean, you know, growing up in Arizona, like you're with a lot of Hispanic communities. So seeing mm-hmm. something like Coco was really cool where I'm like, you see a ton of the accuracy there. And it's like, yeah. you see it. And it's like, that's a nuanced portrayal. That's a nuanced look at things. And I felt that that was a very cool idea. And it's like, when you know uh, a lot about like, and when you sit there and you get to know people, that are outside your circle. It's cool to have that be a thing that people can then learn at an earlier age. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, beautiful, right? We we talked about we talked about this a lot, especially when we have the, the representation conversation. Like I, I like to refer to like my experience here a lot of the time because yeah, I'm Latin American, but for all intents and purposes, I'm pretty much white presenting. <laughs> like you know, yeah. you, that that's it. You know, like I'm I'm I, that's what I am. Um, and so in most films, I never really felt unrepresented. And then, you know, there was this little scale where, like, the Latin American or the funny Mexican friend is kind of, like, all that was. That was, like, the stereotype. You know, the, the Luis of it all from Ant-Man. Yeah. And I love Luis, yeah. but, like, you know, I'm like... Oh, it's when it's the only... Luis. Again, yeah. as we're talking about, it's a good character, but when that's all you've been given... Yeah. That's the issue. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, you obviously have a lot more things like this that are coming out. And, like, for example, Coco as uh, Pixar film was my absolute favorite. Um, oh, my gosh. Yes, it's amazing. And... While I'm not explicitly Mexican, a lot of the 
like history in the childhood and that, that it's very similar um mm-hmm. so things like that and Encanto have been coming out or even um how more films like for example in the heights that i'd never seen before and i was like this is a musical about my people and my family and like yeah. the way that these people live the way that a lot of my family have lived it's it's really really cool to see and something that you know you don't really know you need um it's it always cool. so important i always felt i felt like that when i watched uh well, I didn't feel like that because it wasn't for me, but it was like that thing where I love watching movies like that because um, it's just like learning about a new culture, like normalizing not just having white people on the screen. And again, yeah, growing up in and Tucson does like a huge uh, Dia de los Muertos, like weekend. Oh, I we do a huge yeah. parade and it's amazing. And so it's something that I've always seen, but it's not really a culture I'm part of, but it's also like just such a beautiful welcoming culture and so having coco like be such a successful movie was so wonderful to see and then even things like uh lovecraft country was like one of my favorite shows and that was like just they was that the like anthology kind of series yeah yeah and it's on my list yeah it's so good it's so good and maybe you and i need to watch that you guys should i really really enjoyed it and jonathan majors is in it and yeah He's amazing. Uh, and, and, Scott Lang's gonna die, right? We're, we're on the same uh, page there. Ant Man is gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody in there absolutely gotta go. Um, like going against him? Nah, not nah, fam. This is your third movie. You're you're not gonna last. It's not. Yeah. Um, They're introducing your daughter as a superhero for a reason. Yeah, it's it's about to happen, I think. Um, but yeah, that show like touches on a lot of things of like the black experience that I think is just important to understand to unpack like all of those things. It's a really it's good show. Cool. You should watch it, and it got canceled, and I'm still mad about it. So <laughs> understandable. Uh, and going going further with that, like uh, even beyond, like let's go back to kind of labyrinth with it with it because like for me, kind of like labyrinth as a kid was um, super eight for me. Because oh, Super, yeah. Super 8 was the first film that, as a kid, as a guy who was not into sports, did them, but that wasn't really my thing. But it was the thing that like my parents were like, you should do sports, you should do that. Uh, and I was like, okay, sure, I'll do, I'll, I'll do sports and, you know, just as a thing to do. But what I was really into was film and theater. Mm-hmm. And to have a, a, a movie that I would just basically be making these stop motion movies with my buddy. And I just would just kind of, it, it became like my whole way of seeing the world and understanding the world was just through this camera was like, this is how I, I, I can understand what's happening. And to see a film that beyond obviously the aliens and stuff like that, that are in it, but it was the first film that made me focus on the characters because it made me feel seen as a person to be these kids in middle school going and being like oh well i'm gonna work with like you know i'm gonna go ask this person out like to go and uh help us like do the film we need to do this with like high schoolers are entering this competition we need to go and do it and i'm like even though it was based in like the 70s i'm like i understand that i understand that like that feeling and it was the first time i felt like that's me that's like and i and so i'm like if that's how i felt after having so many films that supposedly I'm a, I'm supposed to identify with the main character, mm-hmm. if going by how like again white man being like oh I didn't relate with this character and I'm like I'm sorry do you relate to Thor? 
yeah, like, like, do you do you think that you're Thor? I'm, like, I'm actually like crazy strong, so I super relate to exactly. Him. Like, oh, listen, I bench like, uh, you know, I I could do that. Like, and I'm like, listen, if you're a bodybuilder that could actually do, that, I'm like, you know, sure, you relate to Thor, I could get that. But I'm like, how do you, you relate to an Asgardian god that's going like not in a way that I don't empathize with this character, but it's like yeah. you you do so much of a jump to relate to these characters. How the fuck are, uh, like, it, that's just, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. Where I'm just like, I get so mad because I'm just like, you don't relate to the, you, what you're saying is you can't find a way into this character. But I'm saying, even if, again, I say this one a lot where I'm like, even if that's the case, let's take your frustration with not feeling like you can see yourself in this thing. Like, you'll watch it, you'll appreciate it, but you don't see yourself. Don't you think that that would also apply Everybody to, to everybody else who is, yeah. is to not seeing them can't you if you cannot relate to the feeling of seeing yourself on screen can you relate to the feeling of not seeing yourself on screen yeah also and i that, only relate to thor when he's drinking a lot of beer that's fair beard out, beard out thor i was like okay I, I think I, I think I, I, I think I, I only relate to Thor when he does his, uh, he does his, uh, anger and, um, like loss, regret. They're all tremendous motivators. So I think, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> like that's that's the only, that's the only way I relate to, I relate to that, and when I, uh, end a relationship with somebody that I, uh, like was really close to is the, is the Loki. I thought the world of you. Like the kind of just like that. That's the other other real yeah, disappointment. Like, oh. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what I. That's what I tell Naf all the time. Yeah. Also, um, like you don't have to directly relate to characters to like enjoy something either. Like I love watching things where I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. In I don't life. relate like, to just, this fucking person, but that's but awesome. I love learning about new things, crazy, a concept. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Tuesdays, what a concept. You know, just kind of a. The most important yeah. thing about a, a conversation and media. And I think that is sort of missed a lot of the time in the way that people sort of discuss it is like it's just an innate lack of curiosity for people. Um, I feel yeah. like one. I made a video on this recently where I was like, guys, like, if you want to have like a conversation with me about Star Wars, like, I will, but don't come into my comments and push like your mentality. You know, like it's, with any creator, really. Like, if you want to know what's going on in Kit's mind, don't go into uh, their comments and go. Oh no, you're wrong about this. Like, you ask questions. You want to know a little bit more about their experience. Like, that's something that's that's really really missing. Um, and for me, yeah. that's why um, uh, Kay and I have such like great conversations because we don't agree on everything. But every time he comes out and tells me, you know, here's something that I don't like, my next question is, cool. Why? Explain it to me. Like, I want to exactly. know. And you know what? If yeah. there's something that they misunderstood, then maybe I can clear that up. But I'm my goal when. Uh, Kay tells me there's something that he doesn't like that I like isn't to make him like it. I think we actually had the conversation about The Last Jedi a few yep. months back where we were talking about the Finn and Rose moment and there was a bit where you were just like, I just, I don't like that. And I just explored a little bit more about why. I actually, I presented a different point of view but without saying, hey, this is right, you're wrong. I was just like, hey, this is how I interpreted the scene. Why don't you watch it again and maybe see what you think? And I think that night he exactly. messaged me and said, hey, I rewatched yeah. it. I agree. Like, uh, well, yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things where, where it's like, again, and and bottom line is, you can have a conversation without, at the end of the day, having people go and be like, "Oh, you changed my mind." Hmm. Like, ultimately, we can walk away, and I'm like, "Cool, I didn't think about it that way. I still feel this way about this film." Like, yeah. even though all our talks about Last Jedi, like to me, I still 
out of the sequel trilogy, Force Awakens is my favorite, uh, mm -hmm. personally. Which is wrong. Um, that's fine. But but well, it, you're wrong. <laughs> but uh, that's fine. Uh, and so um, it's one of those things where when I see that, but nonetheless, I'm like, I love when like again, if somebody really loves Rise of Skywalker, for me, I'm like, I have my issues, but I'm really curious to hear what you loved about it. I like, love listening to people talk about things they love, yeah. and I love I, there are things where again, like someone will like tell me like well this is why i didn't like it or whatever and then i'll be watching and be like oh i can definitely see why you had a problem with these things or vice versa like i've like e like my friend that was in the chat earlier like hates we hates the last jedi i love the last jedi we're still best friends it's not that hard you know <laughs> because yeah. i understand well, just, everything is a spectrum ladies reason. and gentlemen everything yeah, everyone yeah. brings their own experiences with it so it's like if your experience with if your experience with star wars in general is different than mine you're gonna watch something differently if you have a di it's just you can't like no one reads this something or watches something exactly the same way so it's okay for people to be disappointed in things not like them as long as they're not attacking someone else and vice versa like it's just it opens up different perspectives and it's very it's important and it's interesting like like to yeah. me i'm like and, and i and i have to believe a lot of these people that are commenting, I would say there are some that are deliberately trying to be like, no, you're wrong, and here's why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do believe that, and I do believe there are people that just want to be trolls, but I have to also believe that. I think a lot of them, it's just a different way with the internet where we haven't learned to phrase it in the better way. Where, yeah. like, 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 when I was doing my Bad Batch um, videos, uh, what I noticed was a lot of people, some people would go in and be like, oh, I thought that this was filler, or I thought that this was that. But then when I followed up with them, and I asked them, well, why? Why did you think that? They started that to tell me their points. And I'm like, oh, okay, see, that's like, like, uh, like, it basically was more of a thing of realizing maybe, okay, the way I'm reading this comment felt like it, when you read it, it's like, okay, this feels really intense. But in actuality, oh, it's not really actually that. Uh, it has that moment of going, wow, you're really, you actually aren't accusing me you're just bringing your perspective to the table well yeah. instead instead saying see like again change your phrasing to i under like uh like cool points i didn't feel that this were like it's kind of a thing of like like it's just the semantics i think that we need to change sure. a little bit yeah. on, on, both, on both sides because mm -hmm. we also need to not just go immediately assuming this person means and wants to kill our our family yeah. and our cow. Yeah, like right. we need to, we need to kill it. I think what's like, interesting you know, about wanna, you know that. Go um, ahead, Nav. No, I was just gonna say what's interesting about like conversations on TikTok and stuff too is I feel like it's like slowly getting there, but as soon as people like, you know, there was that scenario of uh, somebody would come in and just say, you know, like, oh, uh, this film is the best film. Let's say in Star Wars, for example, right? This film is the best Star Wars film. And then everybody would go in the comments and just, you know, tell them that they're wrong. And then it became a thing where people go, like, guys, it's, like, it's implied that it's the best film to me, right? Like, it's, it's my opinion. Yeah, like, but for some reason, yeah. they thought that that was, like, attacking them. But then you see other things people start going, hey, if you want to have, like, a nuanced discussion, like, you need to, like, respect my views. And then some people take that, they swing the pendulum completely the other way, and they go, I respect your opinion. But you're fucking wrong. And it's like, well, you don't, you don't actually respect. That's not. Anything. That's yeah. not. You're, you're we ticking the box. You're, you got the wrong it's, lessons here. Exactly. It's yeah. like that's not the point. Like the, the the point isn't to just say it. It's to to live it. And I think the bottom line of what we're talking about there is just that point, right? It's like curiosity is really, really interesting. Uh, so really, really yeah. important, I should say, and yeah. interesting, right? Like you want to learn yeah. about other people, but 
you go into a space, you want to know uh, something about somebody, you want to know why they like or don't like something. But just asking. Uh, I think Kay's frozen. Oh, oh no, no, you, you, just, you were just oh, perfectly no. still. You were just thinking gross. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. I, I, yeah, like I'm looking over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think looks... I was perfectly frozen. God damn. Yeah, I, so there's a little bit of a delay. Also, can I just mention, uh, obviously I've got a filter on my face right now. This isn't makeup. Sorry to ruin the, uh, the uh, drama for you. But yeah. can you guys appreciate this for a second? Like, I was just looking at this before. And like, if I put my hair over the filter, Look at that. It can it tell the difference does. between hair. That's why I'm like, this is actually like really? a really... Like, look at well, this, even dude. Just then, when you I put your hand... Gone, I super well, thought even... it was... Yeah, well, even... Yeah. Well, and also, like, you have, like, this, like, little light little thing there. Like, I think it's more from, like... It, it actually is, like, a glow on your face. That it changes with the light. Where it, it like, it really does. It's it's a great-ass filter. Um, but uh, that's going to make... That's going to be great for the audio... For the audio-only listeners. Like, um, I, I can trust see it me, in my mind this high. is a really good filter. Uh, but but going, going back to kind of the idea of there, like, one of the things with, like, nuance and discussion is, like, again, ultimately, as you were saying, like, our lived experiences gives us different things to film. Like, it's why, like, I just saw Fablemans. I'm like... I was I am the I am the audience for this film. Spielberg is the guy who like practically raised me as a filmmaker, like has been there Dad. for me. Like his films has done that as a like have been mile markers in my life as when mm -hmm. I learned something new about film. Mm -hmm. Or when I tried something. Like one of the things that's in the film. Uh, I remember listening to a Saving Private Ryan behind the scenes and he talks about how when he was a kid, he made this World War II movie and the way that they, they didn't have any money for like, you know, special effects, like kind of like explosive or things like that. So what they did was they dug a hole, dumped some dirt on it on a little like stick and they stepped on it to get the dust plume of like an explosion. And it was like, and, and it looks great. And my friends and I recreated that. And that's in the in the Fableman's movie, and I'm like, that's a little detail that if you if you know, like you know that this is like like his films that he was making. But I also recognize that this film is also a cool thing of like. I think that that film's like really good for people who have been filmmakers and have troubled explaining why mm -hmm. to people because it kind of shows a little bit on that, but it also tackles a lot with divorce. And so it's like one of those things where I'm like, I have a different feeling about this film, but I know my recommendation is going to come with the caveat of I, I am, this is, I'm the target audience. Yeah. So I'm not like an objective viewer here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like, ask my opinion about Star Wars. I'm like, I'm not going to give you an objective answer. I have, I have very strong opinions about yeah. anything here. But like Star Trek, I'm like, I'm a novice, but my wife's a super hard, hard sell. Like I was watching Picard with her and she was telling me the things that, that like she had an issue with or things like that. Like that wouldn't do this character. And I'm like, seems it's good cool. to me. I don't, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> pew, pew. I kind of like a cool also, thing. This is something that I really also personally, like as a uh, Tolkien fan who's like read the books multiple times and has like read the Silmarillion and watched the original trilogy a million times someone was asking me like okay what is there to even like about the rings of power show and i was like honestly number one it is bringing in new fans because there are people who literally have no context and it is fascinating watching them react to things that like purists or people that know are like well it didn't happen this way like i had a friend who was like i loved the show but i have like 
like, is this actually how it happened in the book? I was like, no, but, like, it worked fine in the show for me. But, like, they just don't have any context for that. So it's, like, yeah. the same thing with, like, Star Trek, where you're just like, I didn't have context for that, so I watched it and I thought it was fine. And other people are like, no, they did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. But it's, like, kind of, like, viewing it almost, like, with a childlike mind and just, like, being open to just, like, the wonder of it all and, like, seeing someone just enjoy something almost just makes me like it more because it's like oh well that's, that's yeah, why we, that's why we started this uh this yeah, exactly. podcast and, yeah. and what what we intend to do with this is like what we love about it is talking about people's favorite movies mm-hmm. with them because yeah. it's it's it goes beyond like listen we can have a discussion over whether or not labyrinth is like godfather or like things like that like we can have a discussion right? about that but what's the point like yeah. ulti- ultimately to me i think that yes it's fun to go and say top five films of the year like it's it's fun to do that it's fun to say out of these two films which is better like it's why we do like oh this jedi would kick this jedi's ass or like what is uh, you know which character would be like full potential Anakin or gimli Bruh. like you know except it's like the, my feeling is like it's all thought experiment it's all fun because ultimately it doesn't matter now sure can i can i argue that well, Godfather has more film importance, like in the legacy of filmmaking, sure. But also, it's hard to argue, like but legacy would... in what regards? Because I also go, yeah. Jim Henson did some of the most advanced but, puppetry for Labyrinth. Too, where it's like, and then also like what, like as far as like what what you get from the movie, and like for me, I don't really like care that much about Godfather, but I'm also not like a filmmaker, and so I don't have that exactly. Lens. And so it's different. And so I'm going to choose Labyrinth every day because it makes me feel something. And some people like to watch movies that make them feel something over something that they can say the technic like technically this movie is better on all of these like different yeah. And both are completely good and valid and great yeah. things to discuss. So that's I mean that's why I just love talk. I could talk about movies and different. Same. It's like that's well, the most conversation that's people come back to where they go, oh, this is objectively better than that. And I'm just like, Stop. It's like not, yeah, like, it's like, it all really does just depend on your experience and who you are and how you're viewing it, because, like, there's some people, like, that was, like, my, I was talking to my sister, because she's, like, Rise of Skywalker, her favorite of the sequel trilogy, the, uh, Return of the Jedi, her favorite of the, like, all the ones that are, like, people, and she loves the prequels, she loves, she's like, I don't care, I love them, because I just, she's like, I just, like, I like these. She doesn't care. And I just love when people just unapologetically are like, I don't care that it's an unpopular opinion. I found so much joy watching this, so it doesn't matter to me. And I don't know. It's just fascinating. And it kind of makes like. And we all go into it for yeah. different reasons. Exactly. Know, like, yeah. We, it just makes like, it all more interesting. And, like, I'm and not with, that like. I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. I just want to feel something. If I get yeah. out of here and I feel something different than when I walked in, exactly. uh, other than disappointment, I would say yeah, that right? it, I'd say, like, the worst thing I can feel about a film is walking out of it and feeling like I didn't, I, I don't know, like, like, to feel nothing yeah. is the worst feeling for me. I almost feel like I get something out of, like, really detesting something more than just being, like, completely, like, eh. That was yeah, a movie. Like I'd, I'd, like... I'd rather I'd rather walk out like almost like I I'd rather like here's the bottom line for me is I'm like I'd rather them make a choice that's interesting. Yeah. That that I'm like, oh, oh cool. That was like, but or even one that's like, you made it like again, last Jedi, you made a choice. Not necessarily what I feel, but you yeah. made a choice. So I respect a choice was made. 
Yeah. I love the like, mentality you know, with that's... Star Wars. Um, and it's what I go into everything with. And you, we talk about this all the time, um, Kate, because uh, I think it was the other day we were just talking about She-Hulk. And on the phone you said something like, God damn it, Naf, you're such an optimist. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, like I feel like, like a like, lot of times Naf. I go into things, and you know, Star Wars in particular, it's my favorite thing on the planet. I go into it, and my first mentality always is, I don't care what it is, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have my opportunity yeah. to pick it apart later. And again, Rise of Skywalker is That's my right. least favorite Star Wars film. If somebody put me in a Same, room and yeah. said, tell me everything you love about that film, I could talk for four hours. I could do it. I, I'm like, Same, yeah. I could always find some... Yeah, like, 100%. That's, I'm always... Yeah. I'm not looking for things to hate. I'm looking for things to love. And even in the properties yeah. that don't hit home as well. You know, things like, for example, Book of Boba Fett. Like, me and, and Kay have talked about, talked about it for a while. And, you know, that really didn't land for him. And a lot of it didn't land for me. But yeah. I still maintain that there were certain aspects and certain sequences, and particularly episode two of that series, is some of my favorite Star Wars TV ever. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's fair, so fair. fucking like, good. They, yeah, when they got it right, they got it so right that yeah. it's like, I don't really so care like, about that, anything that, yeah. Why <laughs> let the other stuff tarnish your enjoyment so, so much? Again, things like Obi-Wan as well, not perfect. I love that show to no end. Yeah, you know, yeah. I adore yeah. it. But, Same. you know, we spoke about this, like, yesterday, okay? Um, there is a lot wrong with it that's like that's okay nothing's going to be perfect sure well, um, it's, but, it's the, yeah. It, yeah it's going to that point like for from my standpoint because i am trying to work in the film industry and i am trying to do stuff like that because it's also tough for me because it's also to a degree it's part of my job guy. like it's yeah, it's yeah. part of my I job is because is, 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 it's like it's like uh what i would imagine like somebody like uh, again, just whatever you do in life, it's that kind of thing of once you're a part of that field, you see something and you're like, well, they got that wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like kind oh, of thing. Yeah. Or they did yeah. like, it's even just going in like, I, I my, my parents are lawyers and I would watch a, a lawyer show with them. And they're like, well, that wouldn't happen. That's not allowed. <laughs> like kind yeah. of a thing of going and I'm like, all right. Like, like I find that interesting, but I do have to a degree ultimately try to come back to is I like films that make me feel something. I'm not the audience for um, a lot of Criterion Collection films. Like, I'm not the audience Same. for a lot of the thing of, oh, it's super artsy, and it's this, and I'm like, I believe you. Absolutely <laughs> it is. However, am I gonna fall asleep? Because I'm like, there are beautiful films, like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, that oh, I, I love that movie. fucking loved. I that it was just like, or or it's like so uh, uh it, that's 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 a good watch, but it's like it's it's a it's a it's not exactly it's a, slow, a feel. It is a slow burn. I am also very much like I am always like a slut for period dramas, though. I'm oh, just fair. like, oh, they're wearing a corset and it's sad. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> About two, uh, two female two female characters, like, and it's and a very well done. Move. It's really, like a all slow right, burn like, like wearing uh, a tell corset and old, like that's that's just Keaton, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's absolutely i me. think but touching uh, on but, um but, yeah sorry, go ahead. you go you go you go no no go ahead because I, no, I was gonna like, like kind of wrap it back into what we were talking about previously so you do yours and then i'll, I'll wrap us around sure sounds good so, so bottom cursed cast not cursed casting i thought of another casting for jareth just popped into my mind go. mads mickelson because i think he could do anything dude that's i was thinking that before and i didn't want to say it because i was like oh i feel like they'll make fun of me <laughs> I, no. I, any, any, okay, also, just side note, when they first cast Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, I was like, they should have cast Mads Mikkelsen, and then they recast him. And I was like, I deserve a paycheck for this, but it's fine. I deserve a paycheck uh, for this I, video. I, I I'm just movie. like, any movie he should be in, because I'm obsessed with him as well. Um, oh, anyway, yeah. sorry, it's total tangent. No, you're absolutely just, right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And again, ultimately, I feel like you got to go with those ones that are a lot more, um, as you're saying, like more... More of those people that have that grizzled, uh, God, 
it's like it is truly that like uh pedro pascal like oscar isaac like uh you know just again the uh, we were talking about the female gaze earlier it's like uh all again as you were saying all your latin boys uh but um yeah not that it's puppy uh yeah exactly (laughs) feel like it's racist if i say it like feel like it's uh try You get permission. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get to say. I don't get I'm, to say. I'm giving I have you a P word pass. On this do podcast it. only, say don't go into the say streets it. and say. say it. It. Call me. No, Bobby. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do <laughs> it. No. It's too much pressure. It's now. Now it's like it's not natural. But um, like, but bottom line is that I I feel with all of this, like it's just such a cool thing to see people's uh again the fact that people pull such meaning out of a lot of things. I just like for my, the content that I do. I like it when I see the effort put it on the behind the camera, yeah. where it's like that's why I'm like again stuff like Andor for me, stuff like the Batman, stuff like Peacemaker, um, again stuff like I thought Wandavision for a fair Brilliant. amount of it was Brilliant. like yeah. I was like I was like I feel the passion put into this, yep. and it feels like this is just very well written. This is just, you can feel the love. You can feel this. Because I hate, because again, there are a lot of MCU shows. And again, Star Wars shows too, where I'm like, I want to love you. But this is just so middle of the street. Yeah. Or or, or, and other things. Or you'll do things where you'll have an incredible beginning, but then you get lost somewhere along the line. And I'm just like, "Eh," you turned into a mediocre thing towards the end and it's fine. Yeah. Like, and it's like, and I always get disappointed with that. And that's why it's like great when I see a film, because again, I try not to feel like I have my standards on mm-hmm. content that I like. Cause I also don't think I should lower them because I'm also trying to train. I'm like, this is the content I want to create. This is the content yeah. that I, and it's the content that I'm like, I know you're capable of giving me. I don't need everything to be, again, as we talk about often, I don't need everything to be Schindler's list or I don't need everything to be, you know, these kind of incredibly well-written things. Fucking love Fast and the Furious. Fucking love Jumanji. Like, I'm like, give me dumb and stupid and I go and have a good time and I'm like, I'm yeah. out of here. I freaking love the last Jurassic World because of how ridiculous that movie is. I and love the Jumanji with the rock. It's so good. It's so, so good. I love I'm it. Like, that, that movie does not have the right to be as good as it is. I was literally like, like bottom, like no expectation. And I went in and I was like, that was really fun. I had a good time. Damn. The first <laughs> I, Jumanji, I, I with... really didn't enjoy that much. But the second one I watched recently and oh, that. Yeah. I did not see the second one, but I'm it's like, good. I'm down yeah. to. It's good. Yeah. Like, cause I'm like that concept to me. I'm like, you do this anyway. Like, I just, I love the idea of like the rock and Kevin Hart being geriatric old men is just hilarious to me. And I'm like, I just want to do that. It's but funny because that, that's those awesome. two actors to I, me, I, I I really don't like like that much on screen. Like I find both of them just really annoying and I don't like that they play the same character all the time, but they really worked for me in Jumanji too. Because yeah. for the first time, they weren't playing themselves. They were playing Danny Glover and Danny DeVito. And I was like... The rock doing a Danny DeVito fuck. impression? I was like... This is good. Wow. Yeah, this It was really good. It was so good, and that's and that's what I think that like when you that was when I actually saw like the Rock's acting ability was in the Jumanji movies where I'm like, oh, you're not playing yourself, you're you're actually playing these others. Like lean into uh, the comedy more, kind of. Yeah, exactly. So ultimately, that's and that's what I think. Again, to tie it back in, and Naf, I know you had a, a transition back in as well, but I feel like that that's you have to know 
what movie you're doing. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I'm like that's part of the director's job is to know what's the tone. Because yeah. I'm going to be guiding this tone and I'm going to be guarding this tone. That's why Labyrinth works so well. Because the tone never deviates. The tone never is like, we're, we don't make fun of ourselves. This is Alice in Wonderland. Like... This is odd. This is an odd experience. But even the kind of like, oh, I don't know. This wasn't here a second ago. Works. Because it feels to me like you're like this. I'm listening to Alice. Like, I, I've seen, like, oh, oh, dear. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, but that's that's what Alice did. And I'm like, even if that wasn't the intention, let's say at that time that was the best performance Jennifer Connelly was, like, able to give. For me, it worked. Because it felt to me like it has the melodrama of it. And that's why it's like David Bowie. He easily could have been above this or easily could have not been, like, feeling like some of this is, like, a paycheck. You know, because you do feel like some of these actors do something like this, and it feels like, oh, you kind of just get in, yeah, get in, like, yeah. sure, you just no, kind of. He, he looked like he was having like a a good time. It just a seemed good like ass time. yeah, it just seemed like everyone was having a good time, and I don't know. I think that's just one of the things. Like every time I go back and watch it, I'm just like having the best fucking time i put half of those songs on my wedding playlist for the after party you should. Be dance magic dancing and chilling down and i'm so excited like <laughs> it's it never gets old to me they're always just like i remember like when i don't know there was like a uh people were doing audios from the dance magic dance uh song for like a while like last year at some point i don't remember um or at least on my very cosplay curated for you page but like uh, i saw some people go like oh like start being like this is like kind of cringe and i was like first of all do not use that word around me i literally hate it when people I say anything is cringe and i was like uh if you don't appreciate this song i don't know because it's like i don't know it's an absolute jam so <laughs> like you do you but it couldn't be me <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of those things song. of being like ridiculously uh like I don't know. It just is truly that ridiculous energy. And uh, I don't know, Naf. What do you? What do you? What do you think? Um. Yeah. Like I absolutely agree. Like it's it's what you were talking about before. The fact that the director is guiding this story and keeping it as consistent as possible. And like we said, the things that do end up being you know like unapologetically silly. Like we kind of slowly grow into that. And you don't really. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any point in the film where I was kind of like. That's a bit much, you know? Like, it, it all kind yeah, of... Yeah, like, it didn't fits. work, yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's all a bit much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that talking to what we were saying before, the idea of, like, you know, loving something a lot and then also being able to sort of lovingly critique it, um, I think is yeah. a really interesting way to sort of dive back into a little bit of some of the stuff we have talking about here. Because I'm really interested to know um, if there's anything that you don't like about this film or anything that doesn't work for you. Honestly, I think, and I think it's partially just because I grew up with it, and so I just have that kind of, like, rose-colored glasses. Like, even rewatching it last night, I was like, it's all a banger for me. I just start to finish. <laughs> I'm just always having a good time. I can't really? super think of anything specific. Like, yeah. even, like, with, like, you know, Sarah being, like, very melodramatic, I'm like, you know what? She She's fine. She'll go out of that Leave your best life, queen. Live your best life. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm here for you. You are doing your best, and I just, <laughs> I just like, I, yeah, I don't have a lot of like 
specific critiques for it because I just think it's fun and it just yeah. makes me like feel good. But I'm it it, that's like why I'm like interested to hear what you, because I I don't have the like luxury True. of like rewatching it as like and it's not something that I like watched as a kid and then didn't watch forever then watched again and was like oh I totally forgot about this this and yeah. this. I have been watching this movie my whole life like on pretty much on a regular basis so. Uh, that's why I'm like really interested to hear like what your kind of like negatives are because again it's like I'm taking that like that like childlike wonder that I had yeah. when I first watched it and it just carries me through so I don't really have like yeah I guess an objective opinion about it. Going to the point of um all of these uh I guess just in general uh your the negatives. Yeah, um, I'd love to hear yours. Okay. So. Oh yeah, so my my the only thing I would go with is and I wouldn't even put this full on as a negative necessarily, but it is something that I will offer as like a critique, I think, is um it's a similar critique I have to the Princess Bride. Is um the tone of both of those stories, because they're so light and fun, I can't tell if the film wants me to care about a stake. Like I almost yeah. assume I almost assume success is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So whenever they say, oh, you have less time, I'm like, got it. But all right. She'll be fine. <laughs> She'll be fine. Like kind of like like kind of like they'll be fine. I'm curious to see how it happens. But I never felt like I Hoggle did get me a couple times of like I, I was compelled by that character. So I Agreed. felt the stakes with that character. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of like it was kind of like in the Princess Bride when they go um oh it like uh oh you know the one character dies at some point and it's like okay but he's gonna come back right like yeah. if he had actually died yeah. i think i would have been like what the fuck but it was like the fact that he didn't like it was i was like ah okay so i was right spoilers. you know kind of thing spoilers for the princess bride if you have not yeah. seen it. i haven't <laughs> My fiance has also not seen the princess. Bride. Don't worry, he comes back, Math. It's <laughs> um, uh, the mysterious character. We'll have to watch that at some point, but um, even the just scene though, it's classic. with Hoggle, like when he's leading her out of the oubliette, and then Jareth finds them, and he's like so scared. But I was like, you guys are fine, probably. But yeah, it, like, it, it, yeah, like, I like, that. like it, it's yeah. That's it's like was at one the same really time, works. I did. Yeah, that was the only one where I was like, I've seen it so many times, so maybe it's just at this point I know that they're going to make it. That was the only. That was the only one where I felt Hoggle's like internal conflict, like really go in an interesting place of going. I was going to lead. Oh, I could tell. Exactly, like it was the thing of going. I could tell that this character was going to lead her out at some point, and then now is kind of actually at a point of debate. Like that was a really cool moment where, and and honestly, him going, oh, well, then I'm sure you won't mind if we do that. Like that was really good. Like I thought that that it's was not effective. Fair. Life's like, not fair. Like I still felt <laughs> they're gonna succeed, but that was a very good moment of upping the stakes. And then it has like also one of my, yeah. it, it also was one of my favorite like... set pieces with the giant thing drill? coming yeah. down, like the Indiana Jones, like hmm. you know, the way that um... uh, little drill. He's kind of like a goblin, and then he turns back into himself. I really liked that. It, it, it was very, like, video game energy. Like, you know where the, the big bad has to yeah. show up in the middle of the game to remind you that, hey, I'm still yeah. the big bad, going to mess you up and knock you on the next trajectory so you go around the long way. Um, so I really yeah. like yeah. that sequence. Um, with the, like, obviously, the 
the overall feeling of the film. I feel like um, I don't I don't want to sound like a bad person, <laughs> um, but while I feel like I really appreciated this film a lot, uh, I feel like when I finished it, I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, I don't I don't know if I liked it. Um, and that's kind of the first time I've felt that on something that's sort of come in. I, I'm really glad that I watched it. And again, I appreciate yeah. so much that they did. But there isn't really anything in particular that I'm going like, this or this or this or this didn't work for me. There were a couple of little things. Um, like, again, it didn't feel uh, like it had dated that much. Like, I think there was the one sequence, which was like the fire dance, where you could tell the yeah. green screens and stuff like that. Yeah, and so, yeah. meaning, also, meaning no offense fact, or any was personal one of the few, Was one of the first uses of green screen, Ali yeah. was telling me. That's really that cool. Was like, it was actually one of, the, one of the first uh, uses of that technology. That's interesting. Um, so, so, uh, which makes sense, given the fact that it was Lucasfilm yeah. uh, doing it. So, so yeah. trying to round that thought out a little bit, I feel like um, it's something that is definitely like must-watch cinema, just for like the the yeah. absurdity of it. And I can absolutely appreciate people's love for it. I feel like I'm really glad that I watched it, but leaving it, I was kind of like, would I ever like kind of watch this again? I don't know. Right. Um, which is yeah. kind of the only, and it almost I'm... like it made me sad a little bit because I was like, I, I, there's nothing I really don't like inherently about the film like the little things like for example jennifer connelly's um like acting overall like i was like it, there were bits where she just didn't work for me like i'm trying to get engaged in her story but she's not giving enough she feels like even though it is absurd that, and the tone fair. is that kind of um what do you call it like fairy tale world i still feel compared to like an alice in wonderland that i'd seen before it's like yeah i'm not sure whether that was just due to her like range and ability at that point in her career yeah, um, she was like really, really young, and sometimes yeah. it, it was some some points. It's definitely giving like child actor again. Not trying to sound like a bad person, but a, a lot of times yeah. children yeah, are just cool. seem kind of like they're reading off cue cards a little bit, maybe. Exactly, absolutely, and that's it's, I mean, it's, hey, it's very difficult stage to production kind of. Hey, but listen, we all like said, any of us that did local theater. That's like that's what oh, we yeah. that's what we all sounded like. You know, absolutely. it's that thing of you don't really. <laughs> You don't really know what the words quite mean yet, but yeah. you're just saying it in this cadence because it sounds really good. Uh, I think but that, like, um, that, that being yeah. said, from the perspective of, um, like, you know, uh, KLC works in the industry, and I'm like, I don't, but I have, like, a love and a longing for film and making films, and, like, that's a goal where I'm like, I want to do that. The amount of yeah. things that I learned from watching this film was like just immense like just the way like i said the biggest part is just how they solved problems creatively not just within the story but like visually and aesthetically is just mm -hmm. it's incredible um so as like a, yeah. a work of art it is mm -hmm. beautiful it's one of those ones that if i were putting it on letterbox i'd give it like four stars and i just wouldn't take a like because <laughs> it's yeah it's really it, like, it, like there is there's, there's, I, have a, I have a lot of movies like that like uh the movie um that i'm just like i get what they were doing and i really like appreciate it and i think that it was well acted and i but i never want to watch it again i don't really care i, I have a lot of movies like that mother is one of them yeah. I uh -huh. i've heard that no, it's a very different tone than Labyrinth, <laughs> but <laughs> i understand where you're i understand yeah. i understand the spectrum of stuff you like now where it's like you know like uh, no i I'm, I'm right there with you with the way i heard it um the way i heard it put in um film school was and it's one of my favorite one of my mentors uh guy uh greg mayday great uh great filmmaker uh, or uh, i'm great producer uh also just a, in general just a good person um greg goes and says um 
like you were going back to the objective nature. There are certain things about a film that you can know films objectively, uh, objectively well shot. How were the visual effects like well done that those are certain objective, more aesthetic things where it's like now to the degree I would say it's subjective. Like sometimes a film doesn't need interesting cinematography. Sometimes a film is good. It's fine. Like in the way it is, but the way he put it is there are films you appreciate and there are films that you like. Sometimes they're both. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But, and I thought that that was a very good way of putting it where I can appreciate this film. It's not for me. Yeah. I uh, understand why it's significant. I understand why people love it. I do not have that same attachment to it that others do. Yeah. You yeah. know? I think that's... And it's like, I, and I will put it with, I will put like, that's where Princess Bride is for me. I'm like, I, I, I find, I find Labyrinth and Princess Bride to be very similar to me where I'm like, they're charming. They're charming it is, it and they're charming, lovely. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, if I was a kid watching this, maybe it'd be different because maybe it'll take on like as a sort of thing of like the like the um, like I love like the movie Robots or like um, things like that, where I'm like, I still look at that. I'm like, that's a good movie, but I love cars. And I'm yeah. like, I also am like, I understand. I understand the flaws. Yeah, but I like, um, I love it. Like the, the you feeling know? that I have, like I said, it's quite conflicting. It's quite confusing. I'm sure it's it's pretty similar to what all of these uh like dude bros on TikTok are feeling when they're going, "I'm not gay, but Henry Cavill." Um, because yeah. like putting <laughs> what's going on here? If, if you asked me to list yeah. all of the things that I don't like about from like I was saying before, it honestly isn't much. It's just like overall, I was like, okay, that was done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, like I said, it's it's, it's almost conflicting inside. It makes you feel like bad to go like I don't have any like real like critiques of a couple of little things here and there but just like yeah it was like bad to be like i don't like it because it's like well that feels so yeah. negative and, and i don't think it's that no exactly. i totally feel that and especially yeah. because that's like how i feel I'm about so... a lot of like the marvel stuff that we, we were talking about before yeah. it's like that that's it that's the feeling is it's like not i mean some of them i'm like okay that was object like not objectively because <laughs> that's a weird but it's more like that feels to me like there's a lot of flaws here that i feel are easy to go and do uh but my my only thing would be is like th this is the vibe of uh no there's nothing bad about it necessarily like if you asked me to do that i would just be like just doesn't yeah doesn't stay with me like yeah. if anything you asked me the things i like i could probably tell you a fair amount absolutely yeah. but i'm yeah. like like that was like kind of like a shang chi for me where i was like mm -hmm. there's a lot of it that i really I like yeah. that i was uh, that i really like and i and again if i rate it on scale i would go definitely that's like a four out of five like like a four out of five movie but i'm like there's still stuff Racist. in there that i'm like yeah well exactly see that's like the thing is like uh and then people will come at me with that shit and i'm like hey man listen i'm not saying it ain't bad i'm just saying that like my opinion is that like i just go you the fact that it's your favorite marvel movie i'm so glad it is yeah i'm so glad it is Somebody should join me over here when, like, on my eternal side of shit, because I'm like, that movie is great. Shut the fuck up. Like, oh, I haven't watched that one yet, but I did just finally watch Thor: Love and Thunder, and I also had the same thing where I know some people like hated it, and I was like, I thought it was fine, but I just like actually now when people are like, what did you think about it? I'm like, I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the vibe yeah. with it, where I'm like, I'm like, I know Tyler loves that film, like, and I'm like, good for you, man. I don't know. Like, I'm like, I'm like, there are parts that I really enjoyed. 
isolated moments. But yeah, I think it's just that thing where again, like yeah, timing when yeah, timing and, and also personal just, experience. Um, yeah. Another f- series of films that I missed growing up were like Harry Potter. Like I watched them in my twenties. Like, and the first yeah. two just like. When I finished the second film, I was also like, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna keep watching this. Like, I don't think I'm gonna speaking, like this. And speaking then, of child acting, yeah, <laughs> like I just, I was like, okay, like this, what's what's the what's the big idea? Like, because you know, it, the the wonder of my first time being introduced to this universe just isn't there. It's yeah, I know what Harry Potter is, and now I'm watching a movie that doesn't feel <laughs> that good. Feel um, like that it. was my yeah. scenario with like Harry Potter early on. Um, but yeah, I think also like what adds to the feeling of like um, like internal disappointment with myself is obviously just how lovely it is to have you come on here with one of your favorite films and somebody comes and brings that and you never want to be like, thank you for coming on my show. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like I your favorite movie. movie. <laughs> I, I hate the movie that you brought. Like um, just going I, and going. I, you know? I, no, I love that stuff. I love disagreeing with people. We I have a book club and we read this book um called the midnight library and it was the exact like half were like this really moved me deeply and i really and, and the other half were like i hated this i hated everything about I it hated, or, i hated i hated what i get why you like it but i'm just not i'm trying to like be but it just really didn't do anything for me and i i loved that because i that's what i was thinking when i was re-watching labyrinth um and knowing you guys hadn't seen it i was just like i just what is it like watching this as an adult? I don't even. What is it like watching this like not growing up with it? Yeah. Like I just so. But I. Uh, that's my fiance hasn't seen The Princess Bride, and he's like, I don't want to because it's not going to be good because yeah. it's so built up because people love it so yeah. much and they're like, like you haven't seen part The of Princess Bride, yeah. And that's I'm like, yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't think that you're going to like it as much because it's been especially like cult classic level things because it's like i really like yeah. like rocky horror picture show and my fiance's like i don't give a f- single fuck about that movie at all but i'm like i think it's entertaining there are also like you know discussions to be had about you know elements in it but like i i i again watched that when i was like a young teenager and thought it was really entertaining and he watched it later in life and was like i don't care about it and it's just that's <laughs> yeah. what's so fascinating like it's, it's like star like for me with like star trek i'm like i enjoy star trek i think star trek is very well done but there is a lot more for me than Star Wars to jump over. Yeah. Like in the standpoint of I'm like, okay, so you can go into any of these series and just kind of start yeah. like, okay, <laughs> all right. So I don't have to watch all of them, but a lot of people seem to have a very particular opinion on and which like, one you need to watch. Yeah, and I'm sure. like, and I'm like, and, and again, I have my favorite captains now, thanks to my lovely wife. And I'm like, uh, like, <laughs> like she chose them for me. Janeway. Uh, no, she chose them. She actually like she well, she just knew which ones I was going to like before before I even watched where it was like and we both go. It's like Janeway is my favorite character like uh, or like Voyager is my favorite series. Uh, and then um, obviously Picard is like the best captain. But I'm like it, it goes to my point about aspirational heroes versus inspirational heroes is you have someone that you'll never be. You but you know yeah. you're but th- but you're sh- always striving towards them and then you have the one that's like oh this is like me you know it's kind of the idea of going and that's yeah. what this is like me flawed and all and we're both just trying to be better like and that's where i'm like janeway is more of the flawed flawed one and then picard is the uh perfect put him on a shelf like kind of captain mm-hmm. but yeah, anyway that makes sense. yeah but anyway Another- i'm like but ultimately, uh, to me, I'm like I hear people talk about shit with like new stuff, and I'm like, I don't, 
I don't give a fuck. Like, I get, like, I enjoy it. It seems cool. Like, you know, that's kind of a cool story. Yeah, that's how uh, my my fiance and I recently watched. We have like a a movie jar. So when we think of a movie, we'll just like write it on a. Oh, that's a good idea. Because we're like the worst at deciding. Just like, eh. So uh, I picked um, Napoleon Dynamite, and I fucking love Napoleon Dynamite. He's like, (laughs) I mean, but it's that thing where I'm like, it's timing, because that movie is nothing. Nothing happens. I, 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 I feel I feel the same thing about Monty Python. Yeah, that's that's yeah, like, yeah. like Monty Python for me. Fucking love it. But I, love I also it. but we watched it with a, a friend of ours that like um, I feel you have to watch that like with your dad growing up and being told <laughs> yeah. that you have to watch this. This is hilarious um, yeah. because yeah. I feel because I feel like objectively it's a very bonkers ass movie if you don't really already kind of know the jokes going into it exactly it's like it is so like talk about a tone like a tone that's consistent Monty python is like you don't really know what's gonna fucking happen next there is no story there is it's an excuse to do different bits at some point they all go to different directions because i guess it was a little bit easier for them to like play multiple characters if for some reason they go off into different directions i'm like Um, it's just one of those things where i'm like what the fuck is this it's like trying to watch like not that not to say the money Python's a bad movie but it's like when you watch the room with somebody i feel like you have to have a pre you have to have a pre-discussed understanding of why we're watching this movie yeah we're not watching because it's a good movie we're watching this because it's ridiculous yeah yeah um, exactly Kit, i'm sure you'll appreciate this i went to a, a costume party last weekend um and me and my um like the partner that they chose for me because like out of a hat um uh-huh. we were trying to pick what we were going to go go dressed as um and this is this is what we ended up doing i wonder if you can see that problem. see so, it Pedro and Napoleon Dino. yes um yes i that's amazing. <laughs> I've got I've got the video of me doing a little bit of his dance as well. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll send it to you in the perfect. chat. Please send it to me. I want to watch it. Yeah, I just uh, that's a movie I again watched when I was a young teenager at the height of like all of the everyone's got their vote for Pedro shirts and nothing happens in that movie. It's just a series of weird events, and I just like you. I, I I like a lot. I do like slow movies that are just like a series of like events that happen without really a point like um there's this movie called um patterson that i um, love it oh yeah yeah great film i love it so much and it's like really quiet and it's not like grand i need to watch that oh it's wonderful we might have to bring you back and have that because i've always wanted to watch it i would love and so uh like i would love to watch watch that because i've never my dad and i do joke around because my dad and i will have these great jokes that we have where like we, there are three films that we make fun of constantly, or just, or just in general, we have a lot of stuff of like. My dad is like, is like he was one of the reasons that introduced me to a lot of movies that I ended up loving and things like that. So it's not like he's like a a, a bad movie watcher, but there are things that we bad we do talk watcher. about that are like, if there if there's a a thing of we saw 1917 together, but my dad did a, a thing towards the bit, and now this might be not exactly uh, a little bit of um. Uh, my dad's not problematic, but this might sound like he is. <laughs> He's not. Go. I trust me. So, uh, problematic. But, I still love him. Yeah, you know, it's what. But, but the thing is, my dad. My dad goes. My dad goes. Um, 
in the trailer, uh, like you see these kind of two guys, and my dad kept saying like one of them looks like he was uh, a little bit more well fed in the trenches than the other. Uh, and in in fairness, like it probably was like the costume, like that looked a little bit more bulky. But yeah. it was one of those things where it's like, so my dad puts that my my dad. Lou put in there. I'm not racist, but but it's uh, but it's like uh, but um, we're watching this movie, and my dad had put that thing of going like that little caveat in my head, and it gets to the there's a point in 1917 for for some reason, at some point they have to pick him up and try to get him to somewhere, but he's too heavy and they can't, so he drops him a bit there. Now, it's more supposed to be dramatic, but my dad and I are in there, and it's like a small Harkins theater with, like, not, mu not much more than, like, a couple of other people. That everybody else there is here to see this war movie. And my dad in the front, we just kind of go, just kind of snicker because it's just like because it's just like i am this is and we both are looking at each other it's like we're going to hell for this like we're going yeah. for hell but it's like but it was truly one of those moments of like you put that image in my head but back to like adam adam driver my dad watched patterson and like my, with my mom and i they, they just i just don't think like fully just appreciate they're like eh, it was fine it just kind of happened but yeah, they ever 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 since then, they just called him Adam Bus Driver. And that's like, th that was, and I was always, but my dad will also go, we've coined the term, um, because uh, we, we felt this way about Foxcatcher. Uh, we call them airplane movies, where, oh gosh, um, where the thing of going, I'm glad I watched it on a plane, because yeah, yeah, if, yeah. I had if I had spent two hours of my life doing this when I could have done something else, I would have felt it very disappointed yeah is yeah. is the whole is like the whole vibe and i'm like that's that's like how i feel about stuff where i'm just like this this is a good airplane movie that's you know like you got two hours time, but if i had put my own precious time where i could have been doing something else uh, i would feel would very upset. yeah 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 for sure but i'm trying to think about my number one Oh, oh yeah, please. Yeah, yeah if you come up with that. Talk about, yeah, one day we'll have to talk about movies that we were just like, why do you watch that? Yeah, <laughs> maybe after stream we'll talk we'll we'll do a, do yeah. a debrief with that. But with that, final final thoughts. Final thoughts about the film, Naf. How do you feel obviously coming out of this? Uh overall sort of rating, uh like sort of are you glad you watched it? Again, yeah. you know the drill. Exactly. How do you feel? Like we constantly say, like we tend to like mostly avoid like ratings themselves. Because again, it's just like it's too there's just there's too much to it. There's, it, it. It's simplifying something that just can't be a lot of the time. Um, and so I feel like um, this is somewhat a period piece uh, from the 80s, you know? And so I feel like <laughs> most people who know they're going to go in and love something like this will. It's it's kind of that simple. I feel like yeah. for the most part, if you go in, like, you know, expecting puppetry and David Bowie and, like... Like, you know, just a little bit of that sort of 80s nostalgia. Like, you're going to have a great time. Like, it, it's absolutely that, that simple. Um, the flip side of it is, of course, like, yeah, going in completely blind is a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. you have not, like, not having an idea of what you're getting into sometimes is going to limit your, your level of appreciation. So somewhat, I mean, like, you know. I'm going at a door. I'm just going to let her. <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> you little kitty cat. Um, yeah. yeah, so, like, I feel like it's absolutely, uh, as with most of the films we're watching, sort of must-watch cinema. Like, I haven't come across anything that I've been like, ugh, I can't believe I wasted my time watching that. Like, none of it is like yeah. that. Um, and it yeah. goes double for this film. Like, if anything, like, 
of the films that we've watched, I feel like I almost learnt the most from this film. Um, and and yeah. there was one other thing that we didn't get to talk about either that I made a note of, because I just, I loved this one creature. Um, and it was the doors. Um, I don't know, like, it was uh-huh. so like, it's like latex and they put their hand in or something to create that. But they just looked mm-hmm. so cool. In terms of like the way that they articulated their mouths felt the most yeah. real of any other puppet. Because you had like Hoggle and stuff and I saw him and I was like, cool, like it's a dude going, it's definitely a and they've puppet. done ADR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these yeah. ones felt like a, like a face. Like the, the, the eyes. Being able to articulate the across them. The, board. the eyes yeah. across the board with all the puppets. That yeah. was the thing that freaked me out. And why I felt so not the Muppets <laughs> was it was like, those eyes are like moving. They're like going, they're actually like, you know, doing something with it. And that was like a very crazy, but very yeah. cool the talent uh, it takes to be like one of those puppeteers too i can't even exactly. imagine yeah like, so like the incredible the actual like craft is obviously at its at its peak here it doesn't get much better than that and um from the perspective of you know if you're into like visual uh, effects in any sort of way like this is like it's got to be must watch it's uh, it's it's that simple like it's just a film that you'll learn a lot from um and like you said appreciate uh quite a bit as well because that's my point i i genuinely really 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 appreciated this Mm-hmm. yeah like i i agree like my final thoughts are very similar to yours i think if you watch it if you watch the trailer or you look at anything from it if you think you'll like this you'll like it like yeah. it's it's a it's a it's truly i think you hit the nail on the head there where it, it's also i would say of the films we've watched i would say this and eternal sunshine are two of the most uh creative mm-hmm. films that we have watched like that was the thing is i would say this is a very creative film not the best film that we've watched, uh, but like then again, it's not trying to be. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be anything other than what it is, which I think is a, is is is. Awesome. You, it can either be a downside if you, if if you don't like what it is, but if you like what it is, it's the upside because yeah. it never it never shies away from from being silly or having a dance number or having a thing there. Where I'm like, I, I like films that have the boldness. To be the what they audacity. are, the audacity, the audacity to be what they are. Yeah. That, that's 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 honestly a great way of putting it. Where it's uh like uh, all joking aside, like the audacity to to be silly, and mm-hmm. to be yeah, we're a fucking bunch of puppets, and David Bowie is our main is our is like the only the human city, in yeah. there. A lot of goblin. He is the Goblin King. Are we, we gonna put any makeup on him? Brush can nope. Like kind of a. <laughs> You know, like, uh, and are we gonna like? Is that magical bulge like they're gonna be visible at various points in the movie? Absolutely, it is. And just going, it's. But bottom line is, I think that if you like that, you're gonna like this. I think for anybody that enjoys fantasy, especially when fantasy allows itself to be a little silly, I think that's just great. I think that it was something that I'm glad I watched, and I understand the hype. I agree with Naf that probably if I watched this as a kid, I'd have a lot more nostalgia for it, but. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I still think I I walked out of it saying that was good, and yeah. more more than like the Princess Bride, where I feel like I I might go back and rewatch scenes of this movie more than mm-hmm. Princess Bride for me, uh, even though Princess Bride is still again put in a similar camp where could have felt more of the stakes, but you know it works and I get it, yeah. and so that's so think... ultimately for me, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. I so I would say this is a film I like and appreciate. Um. I uh, was <laughs> when we were watching it last night. I was like, "Hey, so is he a human?" Because all the goblins are 
just babies that he has kidnapped and turned into goblins. <laughs> that was the first. I had never thought that before. We were watching it last night, and I was like, "Hang on." That was a my take. That's what I thought. I assumed yeah, that I when like he hits it twelve o'clock, he'll turn into a goblin. I was yeah, waiting for like... it to actually pass the time, Toby to turn into a goblin, and then her have to like turn him back or something like that. Yeah. It's like the power of love. Sorry, a... I need to talk about one other thing here as well. The baby. Oh, yeah. I googled what happened to the baby. Have you guys ever done that before? No. No. So he's like a massive deal. He grew up to work in the industry as a puppeteer. He's worked on Kubo and the Two Strings and Paranorman. Like he's 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 like really? a guy. Like his name is Toby Floyd. Look him up. He's done yeah, so. He even made like a was... short film. I knew that his actual name was Toby, but. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that he was yeah. like... So, English-American artist, special effects designer, puppeteer, filmmaker, and performer. He rose to prominence for his role as the baby who was wished away. Um, he became a puppeteer, oh. sculptor, fabricator for film, television, and theatre. Like, no <laughs> way. Amazing. I was like, what? I can't believe I didn't know that. That's... Yeah. Like, I love that. Because me and uh, my little brother and my girlfriend were talking about how... Like, oh, this kid's got to be traumatized by all this stuff, right? And it's like, no, it inspired him to do more. Probably it sparked a lot of his own fascination with it. I love that so much. Um, There's a really good picture. I wonder if I can find it. I don't think I have it on my phone. I'll have to ask her for it. But there was a costume party one time where I went as Sarah and my little cousin went as Toby. And if I can find that picture, I'll send it to the chat because it's really delightful. Oh, that's great. Uh, Well, spoilers, I love this movie, so... Um, that's all I have to say. I like it. Yeah, it's I brilliant. think you should watch it. Um, and... I think. I, I think the other part as well is the like for, again from from uh, uh, the filmmaking perspective. I know recently I haven't talked to you about this key, but like I've been watching a lot of videos about like lighting and lighting scenes, and now watching Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. This is my focus currently watching it. I'm watching it and I'm so engaged, and I'm also like, there's a light there, there's a light there, there's a light yep. there. Holy, this is oh, this is so fucking clever. Um, and that was one of the things yeah. that I really appreciated about somewhere I was just watching it and I would pause and just look at the screen and go, what are we doing here? What is happening? Yeah. And things like, again, like Bowie with the hands and stuff that I was like, I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. glad that I noticed that stuff. I was like, yes! Once you start to notice it, you can't, uns- like the best way I put it with when you learn about filmmaking, and a lot of people ask, does that take away the magic? Or at least that, that maybe not a lot of people, but there's a fair amount of people that feel like, oh, it's got to take away some of the magic. And I'd say, No. Not to a certain degree. Well, that's what I was saying, is you go from being the audience member in a magic show to being a magician. Yeah. Where Mm -hmm. where it's almost even the stuff where it's like, no one else noticed what you did, or might even go, oh, that was a simple trick, but you're going, how the fuck did you do that? (laughs) Exactly. Where it's like, there's no way that you did it that way. Like, like kind of a thing Mm of, like, that can't be real. That can't be real. Like, like you got it. You can't. Like, you just assume that until you see it behind the scenes, and you're like, "Holy shit, it is!" Like, like now, you know, a lot just of the time watching like... films, I'm going in, and I've always like, I've always loved the directors' commentaries and behind the scenes. Like, it just Same. even before yeah. I was like, "Oh, I want to like it make stuff." I just, I've always loved it, and that's one of the reasons sure. I still buy physical media is because I want to get home and watch the directors' commentary. Yeah. Um, I love, yeah. And so, yeah, now, like you were saying, it's the idea of being a kid watching the magician work and then rather than going, wow, that was so cool, going, okay, how'd you do that? Going home, reading the book, watching the video, like all of that stuff is what I, I consume uh, on a daily basis. That is my, um, that, that's the content I watch. It's all about making mm-hmm. films and how things were done and things like Corridor Digital that blew up recently or about a year back during COVID where they would just watch films and break down how they did the visual effects for it have been like, 
key to that. Like, it's I'm, really, really fun to watch it. Because it makes you appreciate how many visual effects are in a thing. Like, if a visual effects artist has done their job, you will never know they were involved. I think, um, yeah. like, it, it, like, on YouTube did a video a couple of years back where there was a point where people just started shitting on CGI. Like, it just, again, it's just the pendulum swinging, right? Where people are like, wow, this is so cool. And then it went back and people were like, CGI sucks. He did a video on YouTube that blew up and he was like, why CGI doesn't suck? And he spoke about um, Mad Max Fury Road. And he was like, arguably yep. one of the most practical in-camera films ever. Let me show you all the visual effects. And he just pulled it and I was like, Exactly, Whoa. yes, I've seen that. And that's yep. why also... Oh, yeah like the way when you merge the two together i think it's just like when people want to do just one or the other i'm like but the merging of the two is so perfect like that's why dark crystal the 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 show works so well and also mad max free road is like one of my favorite movies and the Absolutely. way they do that is genius like well and, and it's the it's idea amazing. of it's not one it's not one over the other i mean even look at this film i mean they also had to do a ton of i mean even though it wasn't visual effects i mean even back to some people that are like oh star wars with all the practical it's like but the thing is, you're you're taking visual effects and you're giving it a different meaning. Sure, CGI, sure, is like a different thing. But it's it's to me, I'm like you're limiting what visual effects artists mm. do. They do wire removal. They do like all of yeah. this stuff. And it's like again, even the idea of the green screen background or the fact that they couldn't actually set off that giant explosion in Mad Max <laughs> of that tanker. They couldn't yeah. do it with the other cars around it. It's two shots put together yeah. and to be able to go like that like that's how because you have to do that safety wise now mm -hmm. it's too practical but visual effects put the electric them together. guitar with the fire is real but <laughs> yeah yeah um it was actually you reminded me there because there was another thing that i picked up in this film and it was like in that sort of last battle there was a, a sequence with just it was a very small thing just a spider climbing up the wall and you can just see the wire um that he was going up uh, and I, was, I just thought it was like I was like, is it a web? Or is it a like, wire? I was like, hmm. Yeah, but they forgot about <laughs> You yeah. cheeky boys. And, and and that's that that's the thing that for me I'm like, but that's the but that's again part of being a magician is then when you see those moments of going, shit, I didn't even notice the visual effect there. And you're like, oh shit, that's that is actually impressive. I thought that was a real I thought that was a real location. Yeah. Uh, even to the point when I heard people talking about the volume stage with mandalorian i heard about that and i was like what the fuck are they talking about what the fuck are you like what do you mean like that this is at there's nothing actually there what do you mean that's like that's a screen and i yeah. and it wasn't until i saw the video and i was like that was when i i as a filmmaker i said this is going to change the industry yeah. this yeah, technology I didn't see right that. here and i think they did something similar that Disney they did on Gallery. Mandalorian and how in in the House, House of the, the Dragon, Dragon used the yeah that's yeah. how I learned about it I was like oh shit okay like actually, House of the Dragon I they, they that... had it for the whole bridge sequence yeah, like, yeah. Whole... I noticed it in the House of the Dragon because I was like similar to like in Obi Wan Kenobi where there were kind of like issues with like lighting in some scenes and it's like it's just not bright enough because that's the problem right like the background isn't bright enough Dark, it's good yeah. for like ambient lighting but like you still need to light your scene well it can it can be it's just a matter of like how you use it like yeah. again yeah. you have to like john favreau can use it really well because that's like he's basically pioneered not pioneered that specific technology but well, he did though, he's right? done like, enough to know how to use it he was talking about how they went from using uh like obviously you know green screens to on the lion king he was like i wonder if i could do this but they couldn't so they use like a projector in the background to get the natural lighting um yes 
and they, they used that kind of stuff and started getting a little bit of an idea. And then for Mando, he was like, so this idea that I had, can we make it work? And they're like, well, money. Oh, and then we yeah, can. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, really dark uh, sequences in the House of the Dragon where like we kept turning the like brightness up on our TV. You've got to do it. It the, doesn't go up anymore, and I don't sequence. know what's going on. Yeah. The like, day for night it's like, night, maybe day for night. They just slap a like night filter over it is what yeah. it looks like. And I'm like That's exactly what happened. It's crazy. Damon, that... Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy you the there? spectrum of quality that you see there as well, though, because I went and saw Nope in IMAX a few months back. But not a few months back, mm. about a month back. And all of their night sequences are shot during the day as well. But yeah they're perfect like i just this but... is no argument oh yeah well, i had no idea in house of the dragon i was watching it and i was like it's so obvious i mean yeah i know you're probably trying to say that's the moon but like that's the sun behind it's a cloud for sure the sun like like <laughs> what is happening i was like but like just shoot it during the day like i mean and, a little yeah and the, act, and the actors aren't lit well like the like you can like no yeah. it works very well but it's yeah there's like, just a couple it reminds me of the the idea that um when people shoot in black and white um, and I know, mm-hmm. um, like, Soul uh, does this a little bit as well, and they talk about how they, obviously, intentionally, like, this is going to be in black and white, so the sets are dressed with lots of, like, reds and blues that just shoot very well in those sort of different grey tones, because um, a lot of the time, if you just put a monochrome filter over something, it's, just, it's not going to look good. You have to light... Exactly. It's not going to look black and to, white. Exactly. Um, you have to light based on that. You have to, um, you obviously, dress your set with the right colours as well. Like, you just... It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I saw behind the... the scenes for uh, the lighthouse and Robert Pattinson's Ooh, entire costume. Yeah. He looks like Super Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's wearing uh, yeah the red jumper and the... I didn't even consider the, um, that it was red at all. I think because they there's also the chrome like black and white version of Mad Max Fury Road, and I actually yeah. did yeah. see that at a local theater here, and I thought it was like really well done. But I feel like I heard something about how he like wanted to shoot it in black and white originally, or something like that. They I spent like, twelve months recoloring it. Yeah, like I, I, I know that, I, that was like they wanted it to look really fucking good. So I really but it was, don't like, understand. Can, can, like I don't understand. Like I don't understand the um, the like idea of taking a color film and then putting it back into black and white. Like I oh. freaking love. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. There's the boy. Uh, what, a, what a man. What a man. I have a really good... Uh, I, I have a Furiosa cosplay, too. Oh, oh you would awesome. be... Oh, that would My be... My dad built the arm for me, so I can't actually take it to cons anymore because there's an actual, like, hammer attached to it. Oh, like, no. A, man, that's a weapon. And they're like, so, oh, damn. And you're just like, ah. I need to make a convention safety one. When I first did it, I feel like they, they're a little bit more lax in Tucson, but yeah, when I go to bigger... You gotta, you gotta hit them well, When you go to actual firstly. cons, it's like... They're like, uh... yeah, no, I feel that. I'm like, I'm trying to get like, uh, I, I have, I was telling my my friend, I'm like, I, I'll probably talk more about this, but I'm like, now with my long hair and beard, there are like four cosplays that I'm trying to go and do now that I actually can, because yes. I was thin as a twig, with like a, uh, with like just put my hair up, and that basically was my personality for a couple of years, and uh, and then it wasn't until recently I've been really trying to embrace this quasi Viking look. So, but now I'm like, now I have the hair to and the beard to be able to pull off some awesome cosplay. So I'm like, yes. fucking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and do it. And I'm just I like, love cosplay. We'll talk about it after the stream. But actually, yeah. <laughs> we Naf, we have an announcement to the six people that are here for oh, us yeah. going. 
do we want to make that special announcement as we wrap up? Well, it's up to you, man. Um, because we could, yeah, we absolutely can. All right. Well, so uh, special people who have been here for uh, a long enough time. You guys have uh, seen Naf and I grow from being just fr- just friends and, you know, just a, to getting into something a little bit more serious. From almost friends uh, to almost lovers. Yes, and we're still almost. He hasn't quite gotten there all the way. Uh, I still have standards. But nonetheless, it's a... Uh... Racist. <laughs> God damn it, Nav. You can't use that. <laughs> like... Uh, from the perspective of uh, a non-white person, yeah. Is that yeah. the announcement? <laughs> Lou says, is that the announcement? No, no, I am not, in fact, racist. That is not the announcement. Uh, so, um, no, but Naf and I have been talking, and we have a bigger plan. Naf, do you want to tell them what it is? Yeah, well, I know that, um, obviously, both of us come from the perspective of people who, who see love films and love talking about films and sharing that as much as possible. And even separately, before we kind of uh, connected online, we kind of had our own sort of spaces separately. Um, but with that in mind as well, one of the things or sort of limitations was the, the motivation to want to make content. I want to try and put sort of longer form content out there. And this has been a really great experience for us to be able to talk again, for me to be able to learn a lot more, um, by talking with, you know, like a filmmaker and other people who love other films as well. Um, but yeah, we've kind of been really inactive in our own spaces separately, particularly on YouTube. TikTok's different. It's easy to make sort of quick content. Um, but yeah, particularly in the YouTube space, we've been quite uh, inconsistent and uh, just not all there. Um, and so in an effort to try and push that side of things a little bit more, um, I have a question for you. Hey. Yes? I want to know, would you, would you make me the happiest man, the happiest podcast host, co-host on this planet and marry your channel to mine? Are, are you asking... Are you asking me to be your collab officially? Oh yes. Yes, I am. <gasps> yes. A thousand times, yes. Oh my God. Do I get to be oh. the priest that joins you, yes. you in you matrimony? And then now Absolutely. can... Hold on one second. As... Oh, hold on. Hold on. You wait, guys wait. are going to see me run away in my pajamas, but it's important. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, I, I, I did expect him to, like, you know, stay... A little longer. Um, yeah, I this mean, is a little this is, awkward. This is an interesting start to the union, to the marriage. But, exactly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to take notes. If I say he may not be getting some, he may not be getting some. You didn't see anything. You might have to make him earn it a little bit. Ex- exactly. Uh, well, Kay. Lou, you're the producer, so I don't think you need to feel betrayed. Oh, Will you do me the honors? Oh, absolutely. Let me just take off all of mine right now, just real quick, and we'll replace it with that. And now you are one, and I can pronounce, I'm a really professional priest. I pronounce yeah, yeah, I'll you... give you a script. I'll give you a script. I now pronounce okay. you one with the films. I now pronounce you one with the second movie man film. Just kidding. I now pronounce you one. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that works. I like I like Beautiful. that better. Like that was. We'll workshop it. It'll um, be great. So essentially, uh, team, uh, we're working on yeah, basically compiling the the two of our channels and starting to work on in sort of a collaborative space and work on some more stuff together. Um, and then hopefully driving. <laughs> 
one second man. man. Or, or oh. one second man as uh, Naf's wonderful friend uh, came up with. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> Probably hopefully... not from personal experience, I hope. Uh... It is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, hopefully with the, like, the intention of, of driving and motivating one another to be continuing to make content, which you, know, you guys that have been following us for a while seem to really be enjoying. Um, and that's driving us to want to do more for you. Um, we're going to try and get on a bit more consistent schedule with the podcast now too. Obviously, uh, Kay picked up a second job um, and is now sort of back in a bit more of a rhythm. So we're going to try and keep on top of that. We don't have a movie planned for next week just yet, but um, if you guys want to uh, find out what that is, um, you can join the Discord, um, which I've just put in chat as well. Um, and in there we talk, you know, where possible with new movies and stuff that come out. Um, and then we also talk to uh, what is coming soon and what we're going to be doing. Um, so, yeah. Like, that's kind of all I have yeah, for you. Absolutely. So uh, what, what we'll do is, uh, again, and also in addition to our YouTube channels, what we want to do with the YouTube channels to bring on fabulous guests such as Kit, who also likewise, like, that's we all you. are trying to, we all are, to, yes, that that is you. That's and uh, <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole idea being that what we want to do is really promote the people that we uh, really enjoy talking to and creatives that uh, we can all build and grow together. Yeah. And just being able to uh, have all this as a as a platform, like people such as Spooky Bree, obviously she has her own channel and things like that, uh, but trying to collab over there, Tyler, people like that, doing all of this because we think that that's just a fun part of a uh, fun part of this space. And whether like we all enjoy doing this uh, casually, we love this kind of stuff, and the fact that you guys do too, and sharing it around helps us do it more, and helps us uh, be able to. But frankly, guys. It doesn't matter if there are six of you, ten of you, whatever it is, we'll be doing this for you guys. And so we enjoy doing this. And uh, this has been a lovely chat. A very welcomed back to this podcast. And so, Kit, do you want to tell people where they can find you as we wrap on out? Uh, yes, you can find me on TikTok. I am a merrier place, all one word, which is a Tolkien reference. But I, I was wondering. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it I'm was, also it was on Aragorn, Instagram. There, it's um, a line that I kind of mix from the Hobbit movie as well as the Hobbit book where Thorne is talking to Bilbo and he is, uh, he says, food, or less people cared about gold and that kind of stuff and the more materialistic things. Exactly. So, and that's kind of, uh, yeah, that's because I uh, definitely like to kind of put more uh, good vibes out there and just talk about things I love, which is why I appreciate you guys so much and thank you so much for having me on. Um, but yeah, a merrier place on Instagram and on TikTok if you want to listen to me talk about Tolkien and D and D and show off my cosplays. And once in a while, I just sprinkle in some fun religious trauma if you're into that too. But you know, I am so into that. <laughs> yeah. So follow uh, me. Don't we that. all. Yeah. What was, what was her name? Um, there was another person on TikTok. Her name was uh, Shay, and she had a channel called Shay Loren, where she spoke about Star Wars. But then um, she made another channel called, I think, Scaredy Cults, where she talks about um, religion and religious trauma. And so she's connected Star Wars and religious trauma, my two favorite things on the planet. I was like, you just you cornered That's the market there, Shay. You cornered the market. You're like, I am the, I am the target audience for that. Oh <laughs> exactly. Trauma, absolutely. That's amazing. Uh, 
that that'll be its own podcast uh that'll yeah. be a section <laughs> on the one with the films youtube channel is uh in addition it'll be it'll be what's your favorite mcu what's your favorite this religious trauma and we continue <laughs> going on we probably like, will end up what movies were you not allowed to see as a child <laughs> like <laughs> The wild. Uh, um, what uh, movies did you see that you definitely shouldn't have as a child? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, I was just going to add that out with... we, we oh, probably okay. Go ahead. <laughs> we probably will have moving, migrating the stream over to YouTube at some point as well, just to keep it all sort of consistent there. Um, absolutely. But yeah, like so. I mean, we'll we'll keep you guys in the loop of what we're doing and where we're going. Um, but just thought we'd give you a bit of an idea of where we're headed. Absolutely. And so obviously let us know, like message us, obviously DM us again. You can find me at movie man opinions on Instagram and TikTok, as well as you can find me on Twitter at movie man opinion singular. There is no S to Twitter would not allow me to put an S apparently. Um, one opinion only. You get one opinion. There is one opinion and it's IG 88 is great. And that's it. That's all that you're going to get from me there. Uh, That's all at the end of the day. Is there anything more important? Um, and then Naf, where can they find you? Uh, well, uh, if they care to find me, look to the western sky. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> God damn, you've used a wicked reference. All right, you're getting some later. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, you can find me at all the socials linked below. It's on second thought everywhere. Some places have to write it a bit weirdly, like on Twitter, it's zero mm, second thought, um, because that's as good as I could get. Um, but yeah, um, Listen, most of the so time hard to find TikTok. you places. Yeah. Just due to the way that you had to shift things up, it's so hard to find you. I'm tempted in some to ways. just message people and go, "Hey, can I have this username?" You uh, have no. It's like the on second thought put person on on Twitter is he's got like sixty followers and I'm. Lou put it best. You have no second thoughts and one opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um. I s- yeah, obviously, uh, Twitter's a really fun place lately as well. If you want to see some unhinged thoughts um, well, and be simping over many, many characters um, from all your favorite It's fun if shows. they follow you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, going with that, thank you all so much for being with us today. All of you ladies, germs, birds, and worms, and thank you so much for joining us. And again, we hope that you tune in again. You can and find us on Spotify us. as as well as on our YouTube channel, which we will probably be getting up and running in the next coming week or so. Uh, But thank you so much as we go through our days. And uh, as always, podcasting. How about it? Every time we do it, I hate you. (laughs) Podcasting. Huzzah! Huzzah, The the, the outros will never get better. They will, I promise you, they will never get better. (laughs) Well, on that note, 